What's up, players? Welcome to a very special episode of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday on your favorite podcast service, we'll be discussing the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms while we're playing, big topics in the industry, and the games we love. However, we will not be doing that today because this is a very special episode. Louis and I just finished uh, The Last of Us Part Two, so we decided to do a special episode dedicated to just this game, just talking about it, dissecting it, going into as much detail as we can on everything that we loved about it, everything that we didn't like about it, what our ultimate thoughts are on the game and all that jazz. This is the first time that we're doing something like this, but please give us feedback if you've liked it. Please reach out to us by sending an email to readypressplay at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at readypressplay and let us know what you think of this episode, whether you'd want to see more special episodes of this type. But no matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Daniel Lima, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Luis Menchaca. You know, Dan, that was probably the longest intro in history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was I was going through it, and I was like, okay, well, I got to clarify that this is a special episode and what it is. And in the, in the previous times that we've recorded DLC episodes, we started it differently, but I wanted to make sure that we included the intro on this one, because it is dropping on a Friday. It is dropping on our typical schedule. We actually recorded episode 26 a little bit earlier, so that we could drop that on Wednesday and then do this one on, on Friday. Time. On time, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you 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 got you all, you guys are getting two episodes already press play this week. Hopefully hopefully you like that and hopefully that compensates a little bit for the fact that we didn't we didn't release a typical traditional episode last week. We released DLC two and and all that. Um, Actually, DLC two and DLC three are happening within a week of each other. That's interesting. Also, yeah, exactly. this is the fastest turnaround a DLC has ever actually gone out. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true um, because we. We usually pre-record those uh, in advance, uh, like way in advance, and then we don't actually publish them until like many months later. So in, in that sense, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But uh, the TLDR is that this is the spoiler cast for The Last of Us 2, but we're not going to get into spoilers just yet. We're going to do non-spoiler discussion real, real quick, and then we'll get onto the spoilers. So I'm sure Dan will throw in a timestamp and when the spoilers begins yeah, in, the, exactly. in, the, in the notes, in the show notes. So so we've, we've been talking about The Last of Us Part Two for the last, I think, two weeks or so in the podcast as we've been playing it since we, we got it. Louis and I both got it day one and kind of sharing our thoughts. Um, I beat the game, I think, a little over a week ago or so. Uh, and uh, Louis just beat the game. Yeah, I just beat the game an hour ago. So I'm still like marinating and like fresh off of everything right now. Yeah, so so different perspectives in that sense because you're coming in like hot off the heels of finishing the game everything's fresh in your head you're probably still processing like the whole overall story and what it was about and what do you think of it versus i went through the deep hand like i've gone through i've rewatched certain scenes i've watched a bunch of other like spoiler casts and developer discussions and all sorts of things and did some research and have been trying to figure out like how i feel about the overall thing and, and kind of processing my thoughts and going through different flows versus you're just very fresh out of it and I haven't, and I haven't had time to watch any spoiler casts, so I can't. Uh, my thoughts are my own, and they're not anyone else's. Exactly. So, th and that's that's very good. And and it's one of those things where, like, even as I was watching other stuff, I was trying to like be careful not to let them necessarily change my original perception of the game that much. And I don't think they have. They have in some way opened my eyes to things that I perhaps didn't notice. Uh, but I still think like my thoughts about the game have not changed that much. So let's first get into that. So spoiler free. Louis, now that you've finished The Last of Us Part 2, 
what did you think about it? I I think overall, like it's a very well put together, well done product. Mm-hmm. So I'll go ahead and just you know, on the whole, like it's it's definitely got this situation where I would call it an, an embarrassment of riches, and most people would say that that's like a, a like a negative thing. Um, in a way, it is in this, and we we talked about pacing problems or how much content there is, mm-hmm. but u- ultimately, like Naughty Dog is just basically like doing victory laps over uh, multiple times in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did take on a, an interesting challenge. They they uh, they challenged themselves creatively um, and basically did something that's quite lit- quite likely considered an impossible feat and some people may argue that they can they succeeded in what they set out to do and others would say that they they fell short i think uh the truth lies somewhere in the middle though so Mm -hmm. yeah i can see that so my my thoughts in the game um are and this is the interesting thing is that when when i finished the game right away i was like as as i was playing through this game i went through a roller coaster of emotions as i think i've mentioned in one of the previous shows where I was so excited about it in the beginning. I was so on board. I was happy with everything that they were doing and how things were going. And then at some point in the middle, it started losing me a little bit. I started feeling like things were dragging a little bit too long. I started feeling like maybe they were kind of losing the plot and I wasn't sure what they were doing. Um, Towards the end, though, like the final few, probably like four or five hours of the game, I really loved. Um, and I really thought helped bring it all together. And they definitely took some risks. There were definitely things that I had to do in the game that made me uncomfortable, uh, which I think is a common theme with a game like this, uh, where it's like, it's kind of challenging your perception and your beliefs of what a game should be and who you should play as in a game and things along those lines. And But Ultimate, I thought that that it, it achieved what it set out to do. And I think it did it... Um, masterfully um and and that doesn't mean that the game does not have flaws and i i definitely think that the game has flaws but as much as the game has flaws the more the more i marinate on it and i've actually restarted it i'm playing through it again even though i'm still kind of early on i do think that from a quality and craftsmanship i keep using that word and think, i think it sounds a little bit silly but it, i can't think of another way to put it but from from almost like a technical and artistic perspective, I think this is probably the best game I've ever played uh, and probably potentially the best or one of the best games ever made. Uh, and I'm saying this from the perspective, almost like distancing myself from the subjectivity of the story and whether I liked where the story went or not. And more looking at it as a, like you said, as a product and as a this culmination of all these different components right like animation and art and design and all of that stuff um i do think it's like up there it's like one of the best pieces of of gaming media ever made um however this is not my favorite game probably (laughs) i don't think i think a lot of people would agree on that yeah and i i did not even I do, I do not think, and granted, I, I have been saying recently that I think The Last of Us, the original Last of Us, is probably my favorite game of all time. I never really had one. I never really had a game that I was would be like, yeah, that's the one. But I've just, I love The Last of Us so much that I'm beginning to think and, and kind of accept that that's probably my answer. I do not think this game is, I, I do not think that I like this game better than The Last of Us Part 1. Um, and I think that's something that you agree with as well, right, Lewis? Yes, uh, I think The Last of Us is way as well as a as a better put together game. Uh, it doesn't drag 
Um, it has better pacing and mm-hmm. it has a, a, a better story that people can get behind and it won't like divide. I think, I think when you, when you talk, when we talk about themes and stuff, I think people can, can get behind the theme of love better than they can get behind the theme of hate or vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's when you're asking the players to do something darker and more sinister, it just kind of, it, it, even, even uh, on its own, it's going to be a harder thing to execute. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I think there's a lot of things that were stacked against this game, anyways. Uh, but there was a lot of things stacked in favor of it as well. So it's it's give and take here. Yeah, definitely. So before we move on to spoilers, my final questions to you is: uh, Do you think everybody should uh, go and play this game? Would you recommend people to play this game? Yes, I um I think this game has a little bit of something for everyone as far as like just in the gameplay uh, department, but also it does. It does challenge you, like uh, mentally, especially with when it's having you do certain actions that you know you may not feel comfortable with. You know, like it's kind of got like that GTA Five thing where there's like a scene that nobody likes playing, but it's but you know it's there. So it's kind of mm-hmm. got like that kind of uh, situation. So I know I'm no, I'm not giving any spoilers right now, but um, it's it's definitely got a, a lot of, a lot to offer. Um, I'll put it to you that way. It's got, you got a lot to chew on when you play this game. So, um, on the whole, even if it's not a 10 out of 10 for me, it's still a, it's still a good game. It's still a good product. It's, it's got a lot of things, um, in its favor. Like, you know, I can basically say this game is pretty much a 10 out of 10, everything but the story. So mm. I'll go, I'll, I'll say that. Which, which to be fair, I also would think that some people might think that it has a 10, uh, 10, out, of, uh, 10 out of 10 story as well. It's more of a, um, I, f- I feel like it's, I could comfortably say that uh, the majority of people could play The Last of Us Part 1. I could recommend The Last of Us Part 1 to the majority of uh, people that enjoy video games or enjoy storytelling. And that the majority of them would love it and would love the story. Versus with this one, I know that some people will really like it, some people will really dislike it, and then some people will be sort of in the middle, uh, like Lewis and I. I lean more to liking it. I think Lewis leans a little bit more to disliking it. Um, but there, it's it's very like like we keep saying it's very divisive. But I definitely I recommend like if you're listening to this podcast, definitely don't don't just keep listening to it if you haven't played the game yet. Go play the game. Um, if you haven't played part one, I know that there are some people that actually have been considering that too. Should I just jump straight to part two? You know, whenever a new game comes out, people want to do that. I would say don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'd say don't do that one because the story is a direct continuation and pretty much relies on you having played part one. Um, if you can't play it or don't want to play it for whatever reason, at least watch some kind of recap or they have full movies with all the cutscenes of part one and things along those lines before you jump into this game. Mm-hmm. But if you love video games, I'll definitely say this is uh, this is worth your time. Uh, the only reason why maybe you shouldn't play it is kind of like Lewis said, like if you're more sensitive to kind of darker stuff and um, scary stuff and darker themes in games, and you might want to look at sort of the trigger warnings and et cetera of the, of the game to figure out whether you're ready for that or not. Um, so definitely that there's a caveat there. But that aside, I think everybody should go play this game. Yes, it's a work of art. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. So let's start and get into full spoiler territory. So please go away. Even if you had the game spoiled for you in some way or another, please leave right now as because we're about to jump into full spoiler territory. Some of the spoilers that have been floating around the Internet were not true. Um, and, and also even the ones that were true, if you've seen them, that doesn't mean that you've seen the whole game. Um, so I'll definitely recommend jumping out if you haven't finished The Last of Us Part 2 yet, because from now on, we're going full spoilers. We're going right in. All right, you've been warned. You've all been warned. <laughs> all right. Um, so, Louis, 
how do you want to start this? Do you want to start it sort of chronologically? Or do you want to just go ahead and talk to about the things that are, are the most in your mind, the things that either maybe upset you the most or you're most happy about or whatever? Well, I mean, I, 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 my first thought is to talk about the ending, but I think we should just go straight into like the beginning and just go into the inciting incident. So like the, the game opens with, you know, the, a day in the life in, uh, in their, what is it? In Jackson? Yeah, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. A day in the life in Jackson, and, then, you know, Ellie's playing with kids, you know, snowball fight, and, you know, she had a this crazy night with Dina and everything like that. Like, it's like, you know, she doesn't know, she doesn't know how to process things. You kind of just see what's going on. And then next thing you know, you got a group of strangers just, you know, lurking. And then mm-hmm. you're playing as uh you're you're playing as a as a as someone named Abby and you don't know what she's there for, but she's looking to find someone. And then the I game just stop you. Uh, uh, <laughs> I wanna okay. stop you right here. So right. so we start the game, right? And we play a little bit of, with Joel. I think we play a little bit with Ellie and uh her partner Dina. And then you play as this new character named Abby. Now, this is the first time, but not the last time, that you play as Abby in the game. But at this point, with no knowledge of who this character was or what she was doing there, why did you feel how did you feel when the game put you in control of this random character in the world of The Last of Us? Because I felt it was super jarring. Uh, that was one of the that was the first moment in the game where I was like, oh, I don't like this because I had gotten so attached to Joe and Ellie and playing with Joe and Ellie and all of the marketing for this game was like, this game is about Ellie. I stayed away from as much stuff as I could, but I knew the game was about Ellie and playing as Ellie. So the moment I was playing with this random unnamed character, um, because it even takes a little bit for you to find out her name. Yeah, I, I with uh, talking with these random side characters, I was like, "What the hell is going on? Why am Why is the game making me do this?" I I really didn't understand it at that point, and uh, I felt really, I honestly felt like it took me away from the experience a little bit. I I don't think it was for me. I mean, I think uh, since it's it's at the beginning of the game, and I was uh, in full on hype mode at that time, I was just along for the ride. So I didn't really think anything of it. Okay. And uh, but I did get this little sinister vibe because they were never. Uh, Abby was talking to Owen at the top of the mountain, and they were talking about how they're there for one person, like they're there to find someone. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that they were. They didn't really make mention that uh, you know they were there to kill him, but they didn't. It kind of sounded a little ominous, but it also could have been like, well, they're maybe maybe they're there, there to ask someone a question or something like that. There's just there's different uh, ways about it, but I think I kind of erred on the side of more ominous because. Uh, I don't know. There's just like a like a little bit of anger in her voice, you know, mm-hmm. when she was talking to Owen. When you're playing as Abby, you also get to experience something called the Horde. It's called the, the the name of the chapter is called the Horde, and you get this crazy chase sequence with like hundreds of zombies all over the place coming for you, and you gotta like escape them all as you're running through this part. And it, it was very claustrophobic in moments. There's this part where she's squeezing through a fence, and like the fence falls over her, and there's like all these zombies like on it. And I actually thought. You know, after, you know, even though I thought at first that it kind of took me away to play as this random character, that sequence was actually really cool. Um, and, and was one of those sequences that I, I think kind of made a mark on me throughout the game. And there's a few others like that. But why do you think about that sequence and dealing with that horde? Like, I don't think we had seen anything like that in the world of The Last of Us before, just that amount of zombies. At least not that I can remember. I don't think there was. Um, maybe there was limitations on the PS3's uh, memory to, like, have, like, a like a horde of, of zombies like chasing after you, kind of like Days Gone when they were doing mm-hmm. that. Um, but I think it was a good, interesting sequence, uh, especially because there was just so much flying at you. You're on the horseback. You're just, you know, running away and shooting everywhere and missing your shots kind of stuff. Things are hectic. Um, 
Yeah, I think it was a really cool sequence, and it just uh, it kind of like leads into like what where I was going before before we interrupted here. So, are we mm-hmm. gonna go straight into that, or did you want to say anything else about the that sequence? Um, no, no, that that that's good. So during the beginning, we also you know get to play as Ellie and Dina, and we get to see how they're they're there's also they, they're in a bit of a love triangle situation with this other character named Jesse. It's not exactly a love triangle, you know. Dina used to date Jesse, and I was kind of dating has a moment with Ellie and then they're dating and you get introduced to these new characters and what did you think of Dina as a character in her relationship with Ellie I actually liked her I was uh I was I was in for the ride on that one because it kind of seemed like Ellie couldn't get out of her own head mm-hmm. um you know we never like Dina kissed her and uh, I was actually kind of rooting for them uh actually because it just seems like Dina was such a good like like such a well-meaning supporting uh friend Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she was very much ride or die. And, you know, it's like that kind of like the Fast and the Furious vibe going on to yeah. her. It's like, I'm, it's all about family kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I really like them as well. And, and that was actually almost one of the things that I was kind of worried about with the game is like whether they were going to be able to make this relationship, you know, um, believable and like make us empathize with this new character to the series. Um, because I don't think the original game really dealt with a lot of those types of relationships in, in the same way. Uh, meaning like a romantic relationship, you know, you got, you got Joel's relationship with Tess, which is perhaps romantic, but we don't really know. And um, then Joel with Ellie and that stuff. And then you got other characters. It's more about family. So it was interesting to see like how they built that relationship. And I bought it. I was, I was all in and I, I liked Dina as a character. I thought she was a good balance to Ellie's character, especially in this game, uh, because we can talk about Ellie's character a little bit more when we get to the next event that happened, which is the one that we've been alluding to the event that kind of jump starts the game. Do you want to, do you want to go from here? All right. So spoilers for the walking dead, but uh, <laughs> in the beginning of uh, season seven or season eight, uh, like, I think it was like the season premiere of season eight, I want to say, but they just straight up brutally kill Glenn. Like they just bashed his head in with a baseball bat uh, with barbed wire on it. And they just did it and showed it in the most visceral crunching sound effects way possible. Um, and that's that scene whenever Joel died, it just that reminded me straight up one hundred percent from that scene. It's just visceral. You know, you see that golf club and you just you just yeah. you know hear it just go in there and just make that little mushy noise. And yeah, it was very visceral uh, for the sake of being visceral. And it just made me like, uh, you know, it just put me in Ellie's and uh, mind space. Whenever Ellie was like, he's like, you're fucking dead. And, you know, I was like, yeah, you won't, bitch, you are fucking dead. You know, I was ready. Uh, I was ready to kill everyone in that room. Uh, but I would have settled just for Abby. But, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, there's a few things that are interesting about that scene. And and it is kind of one of the core scenes of the game. It's, it's interesting that they decided not only to kill Joel. And I want to talk specifically about the spoilers and the things that leaked before. But I, I knew that Joel was going to die. Um, the spoiler that I had was that Joel and Ellie were going to die, which turned out not to be true, but Joel did die, but I I would have never expected for him to die this early in the game. I mean, at this point, you've had just a a few gameplay sequences. You're maybe two to three hours in the game, maybe a little bit more if you've taken your time, but I definitely didn't see that coming. And they not only decided to kill him, but they killed him very gruesomely and they killed him in front of Ellie and had her watch it. But one of the most interesting things to me is the fact that they did not kill Ellie, right? And it's one of those things where at the moment I was like, oh, this makes no sense. Like, I understand they're doing this for the sake of the story and I'll buy it and we're, we're going to go right in. I'm not here to question it. I'm just here to be surprised. But it's weird that these folks went all the way there to kill Joel and then didn't kill 
Ellie and didn't kill Tommy, didn't kill anybody else. Um, but then I feel like even later when you get to introduce to some of these characters through Abby's playthrough of the game, um, then you kind of realize that there's a lot of conflicting personalities there where these people are not necessarily there to just martyr random people. They're there to do a job. And you can tell, I really like the moment where they kind of argue over it. Like they're trying to decide what to do with Ellie. And you can see that Owen is one of the people that is like, no, 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 we shouldn't kill her. We didn't come here for this or whatever. Yeah, they're no. not they're not stone cold killers, you know. That's basically how they you've, it played out. Mm-hmm. Even though at that moment they really establish Abby, especially as you know, they really make you hate her at that point. You're like, you know, fuck this bitch. Let's go get her. Let's go get revenge. And I think that scene does a really good job at aligning the players' like feelings and motivation with the characters mm-hmm. um, for the rest of the game, which is something that they pedal back on later on, which is kind of interesting. Well, but. like I think that was uh, one of the things I said about the, uh, the during the non-spoiler review part. I was saying that they they challenged themselves. Uh, I said something along the lines where they challenge themselves in doing something that's almost impossible. Which uh, that's what uh, that's what I was alluding to is that you Naughty Dog created a character that kills a beloved character from the first game gruesomely, like like yeah, gruesomely, mm-hmm. and then tries to get you to care about her. And mm-hmm. empathize with her, yeah. and that's and, a very tall order to do. And some people may say that it's uh, that they that they succeeded and they cared more about Abby than Ellie, and others people would would be disagreeing, and other people may may be more ambivalent as to you know how to process that, you know whether or not they truly cared about Abby or not. It's kind of interesting to think about that as well in the context of her killing Joel, because as even though Joel was the main character of the first game and. We all as players, I think, really like Joel, or the majority of players really like Joel. Joel ended the first game in a really weird note that I think sparked a lot of conversation even at the time of like, wait, okay, is this guy a good guy? There was like a lot of like murky territory there, and it was kind of there was there was a lot of gray to Joel, just just like there's a lot of gray to this world overall and to all the characters, but you know, should Joel have killed everybody, have killed the doctors and etc to to save Ellie even though Ellie would probably herself have wanted to sacrifice herself for the skewer you know and, and it was one of those things that was a big contention point at the end of the first game like like was this the right call was it not what would you have done kind of thing and was Joel ultimately a good person or was he just selfish right um right and I think that if you were in the camp of maybe that you didn't agree with Joe that he didn't like his final decision etc then maybe you would have been more akin more akin to getting behind the sale of, you know, forgiving the person that ultimately killed him um, because she did have reason. Um, and I almost kind of want to jump. I don't mind us jumping around a little bit, even though we can continue going through the through the story here. But Abby's, we don't find out until much later in the game, but Abby's motivation is because she is the daughter of the doctor that Joel kills at the end of the first game, which is something that we all had to do playing the game. You get to the hospital room where Ellie is ready to be to, for surgery and then you got to shoot the doctor to get her out and finish the game. And what do you think about that decision of like making that scene the ultimate sparking point for what happened on part two? You know, for for Abby starting this revenge quest to to go and kill Joel. Well, I mean, it it that scene is such a crutch. Uh, like in the in the in the Last of Us, like the first game. You know, it was the finale. It was definitely the big thing where like joel even lies to ellie at the end like that was the, the that was the point where you played through and you uh, maybe the player may 
realize that Joel is like the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, especially if you're calling this a sequel, like The Last of Us Part Two, then it's gonna naturally follow um, from the results, the conclusion of where the first one left off. So mm-hmm. everything all kind of just like everything centered around that event um, in both games. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think that was really cool. Why did you think about the fact that we kept going back to that hospital room, by the way? They had us repeat that same sequence, I think, four or five, five times. times in this game. And then, where... like, for for uh, Abby, it was a dream sequence, you know, like, mm-hmm. multiple times. She was like, a nightmare. Um, we had Ellie go back there to look through stuff, and that's how she found out that something something had tape. happened, something had gone on there, and etc. Um, yeah, I feel like we kept playing through it, and I... I, th- I thought it was an interesting choice to have us keep going back to that scene. I mean, it was such an iconic scene. It was the ending of the first game. And in a way, I kind of liked it. I thought it was cool, like, sort of exposition paralleling and seeing all these different ways that that scene could be interpreted from different perspectives. Um, so I thought that was a cool thing. It just like that that sequence or that event just kind of like echoed through time kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. After Joel gets killed, we get a little scene where, you know, he's, he's buried. We see his uh, tombstone and... And then Ellie wants to set out on her quest for revenge. And then that's when we get to see a little bit more of Tommy as well, which was there from the beginning of the game. And Tommy's like trying to convince her not to go. He's saying, no, it's going to be all right, etc. And then they they kind of do this interesting twist where Tommy is the one that actually um, leaves to pursue revenge first, uh, which I thought was cool. I thought it made sense. And I, I was kind of glad that to me, that was a sign. Oh, we're going to get to see more of Tommy in this game, which I was excited about because I thought he was a cool <laughs> character. He's been there from the beginning, you know, and um, and like he's he was there from the very first scene, um, not from the very beginning, but in that first scene with Sarah in the first game, Tommy spotted that. So I thought it would be cool to continue to see Tommy through this game and as part of this revenge story. Uh, so he gets to leave first and then Ellie leaves right after him with Dina alongside her. And we set they set out to Seattle. And here was the first like kind of interesting surprise of the game to me too. Well, there are already a few surprises by now, but another surprise is that the first game, so The Last of Us, is all about the journey. It's all about going, finding the fireflies, finding, go, taking Ellie to where she needs to be taken to, you know, so that they can do the, uh, they can get the cure and make the vaccine, etc. So I thought from that point on we're gonna have a, you know, a journey to Seattle and we're gonna play through that, but we didn't. You immediately. Just... We're just there in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, like you immediately cut to them being in Seattle. So that's what you can read. That... It, and you can read about it in her diary. You can just go to the diary, go back a couple of pages and just mm-hmm. read about their little uh, tribulations and getting there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of cool. It almost makes me wish, you know, we talked about the fact that they said that there's not going to be DLC for this game. But it almost makes me wish that maybe they made some DLC from that period, potentially, because I think it would be cool. Maybe something a little bit more lighthearted. Um, you know, like Ellie and Dina in, in their journey to, to get trip. to Seattle, yeah. a road trip, whatever. Uh, I thought that could be interesting, but we go straight to Seattle. And it's interesting that pretty much this whole game, like 90% of the game is set in Seattle. It's set in this one location, which once again is a very different, uh, it's very different than uh, The Last of Us Part 1, but also very different than Naughty Dog games in general, which are usually, you know, in the Uncharted games too, you're usually going from one place to the next, you know, you're finding the clue that will lead you to the next place and so forth. Um, and, and this game is pretty much just set in one location. When Ellie gets to Seattle, we, we, we go through these, uh, gameplay segments that are, or gameplay slash story segments that are organized within three days. And, and that's really the, the crux of the game and the gameplay is where we experience, you know, most of the new mechanics of the game and all of the encounters and a lot of the story develops, but mostly Ellie's going through trying to kill everybody 
or really trying to get to Abby, but in the process, she she won't uh, she will not put it past killing anybody that was involved with the situation or anybody she needs to to get to her. Um, and let's see, there's a few different places that we can go from here. Um, so let's talk about the game. Since we, we kind of talked about the story elements and how we got here, let's talk about the gameplay of this game. For for instance, Th- this game has a few differences from from the original in terms of gameplay. Did you think the gameplay was better? And what were some of like your favorite kind of new additions or things that you thought were done better in this game, perhaps than the previous one? So like, okay, first I like to like I like that Ellie has like an infinite shiv. That's always good mm. because oh yes, it just can't. I hate that this shit breaks all the time and like resources are scarce and stuff. Which granted they are here too, but um, as far as like the like the new gameplay stuff, I mean, it just kind of feels more like a re- refinement. They they yeah. refine melee combat. I think that was like the big thing is that it's all about like uh, Ellie being a boxer and just you know Mayweather weaving uh, in and out of these <laughs> these uh, swings and stuff, and then you get your counter punch in because it kind of seems like the game actively like punishes you for not using the weave button. Yeah. Um, so I what I mean was there any like I can't think of anything that that they improve. Um, if it feels like they just basically refined the game. I don't think they really added anything new besides rope physics but rope physics is kind of like a small that's a that that's an interesting yeah that's a good point it was mostly a refinement of what they already have and and i do think they took into account like ellie being a different character than joel and wanted her to feel somewhat unique with the way that she moves and the actions that she can take but um going prone was not a thing in the uh in the original game and that was something that they had allow you to kind of approach some encounters a little bit different you could hide like under trucks and things like that in certain scenarios you could even Mm -hmm. find some collectibles that way yeah Um, that's true all right i forgot about that yeah obviously you know swimming is the thing in the first game but in the first game one of the plot points is that ellie can swim so it was cool to be able to swim as ellie i would have hated to have had to carry the (laughs) the little thing again so that she can go on top of it and carry her to the other side that wouldn't make sense Uh, in this game unless you played as dina or something um there was a few interesting things like um i believe the original i couldn't remember this well but i heard this somewhere uh so i'm sorry if i'm wrong about this but apparently the original game did not have a dedicated jump button either um Mm. it was more of the like contextual jump when when needed and therefore the game was very horizontal versus there's a lot more verticality in this one um there's a lot more scenarios where you're kind of platforming and trying to like land certain jumps um and and that is not the kind of thing that I would normally really remember a game for. So if I got this wrong, I'm sorry. I did hear about this somewhere else. Um, and then also like some of the the grass mechanics with stealth, like being able to like um, hide in grass, but then go prone, um, like in short grass and things along those lines. So I did ultimately feel like the gameplay was better. It was cooler. They did talk a lot about the the road physics as well. I've seen some developers talk about this on Twitter that apparently like there's a lot of work that went into these rope physics even though i felt like they were kind of underused throughout the game um you get introduced to it early on like you can throw this rope over a thing and you can like climb on it but you really only do it a handful of times in the game and i i felt like we didn't really apparently there was like a lot of tech work that went into that that maybe did not get really used enough like um, the animations like her of everyone winding up the the rope like very beautifully mm-hmm. and if you throw the rope with that when a like too early it's not wound up and there's not enough weight and so like i tried to just go for like a rope throw and she did like maybe one or two two loops and like the the rope is really long and there's not enough weight so it doesn't make the it doesn't reach so it just kind of like you have to like wait for the animation to complete so that it's uh, properly wound up so you can do a better throw um i think there's a lot that was a lot of uh this game has a lot of attention to detail with so many with so much animations you know so much uh physics and so much 
um, everything, um, like just the way characters, uh, you know, walk or um, how they like how they emote. So like, you know, Abby's afraid of heights. So if you stand near a cliff, she gets all shooken and like she gets visibly like, you know, scared. Yeah. And I think I there's, a lo- there's a lot of uh, little like um, facial expressions with these when the characters are, you know, side talking to each other and stuff. I think there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, tender love and care that went into you know, making this world come to life. Absolutely. And talking about animations, like the facial animations were fantastic. Like, you know, the usually games when they get too realistic, they get into a little bit of that uncanny valley with facial animations. I didn't feel that at all with this game. I felt like the emotions were very believable in each character's faces on each, you know, cutscene and even through gameplay at times and things along those lines. And I loved like one of the little details that I loved was whenever you would go to upgrade a weapon. And you could actually see them like different animations for like each weapon upgrade that you were doing and how the weapon like how they were like cleaning the gun and like breaking it apart and changing it and adding pieces. And oh, that was really cool. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of a like there's a little bit of a stretch there where it's like like all these work tables have like all the tools they need. And there's like 30 of them spread throughout the game, Um, no matter kind of where you are. It was kind of funny at times to be at a like a scenario, like a place that's like totally desolate in the middle of nowhere. And like, here's a perfectly organized work table with electricity on it and everything. You know, <laughs> she the comes light, in with, she, the light. Like with, with the, the light, with the, with the uh, surge protector every single time acting as a I light. Know. <laughs> but also just a little attention to detail when you're, when you're in the, uh, the scar territory and mm-hmm. it's like a lamp, it's like, like a, like a, one of those like uh, candle lamp thingies that you just kind of like turn the knob and it just burns brighter kind of thing i think was it an oil lamp or something I, yeah i just yes that yes little, i love that yeah, yeah little attention to detail i think it's really that's really neat yeah that was pretty cool and and while we're we're playing in seattle with ellie she also gets introduced to you know kind of these different groups of of enemies that you encounter throughout the game um including you know the w uh, the WLF Washington Liberation Front, which go by the wolves. The wolf is their symbol, and this is the kind of the group that Abby sparred off, and the group that went to uh, to kill Joel. They're all part of the WLF. Uh, and then you also got the Scars or Seraphites, which are this religious cult. You kind of see them a little bit more of them later in the game with Ellie, and then a lot more in Abby's part of the game. And you also get to obviously continue to fight the infected. And we get introduced to two new types of infected for the most part over here, which are the Shamblers and the Stalkers. And I was actually looking into this, Louis, and apparently the Stalkers were already in the original game, but they were barely used. They were like, there were like a few of them in a few moments in the game. But I, 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 I thought they were. I thought they were new too. I did not recognize them. Like I didn't remember them in the first game at all. It seems like it was one of those things that came in late at, in the development. Like in the last few months, they just threw threw a few in and a few encounters or something, and you you could barely tell. Um, but in this game, they have a very prominent part in the story. Uh, not in the story, sorry, in the gameplay of the game, uh, where you have encounters that are completely built around this this enemy type, uh, the stalkers, which they're. They're basically somewhere in between, I guess, a runner and a clicker where, you know, they, they, but they're also, they're, I, I'd say they're the smartest enemy because they can, they can go behind you and they're very quiet. So you can't find them when you're using a listen mode and et cetera. And I'll tell you right now that I, I hated fighting these bitches. Like <laughs> they were the fucking worst. Like these were some of the moments where I was the most scared in the game and anxious and stressed. And I, I, I remember when I was talking to you like the first day and I was like, dude, like, I said, like, at times, I was so stressed at the end of an encounter that I had to go take a break. And that was usually after the stalker segments, because 
That was so, and then later on, you see them like they're like glued to walls too. Like they they just came come out oh, of yeah, a wall out of nowhere. And that was the worst. Yeah, and dude. then I started like when I started dying and stuff, and when I would respawn and I would like restart, like I would just go straight to the wall and then kill them while they're in the wall, just shoot them with like a mm-hmm. a silencer or a bow and arrow, so that I can I can just one shot kill them. Uh, but yeah. But I thought that they were basically honestly, I thought they were basically the most annoying enemy to deal with, and I I like that they're in, and I like that these encounters were built around them. I think it adds to the variety of the game and it makes the game interesting and tense, which is it's the intention. Um. But like, dude, I <laughs> the thing that I looked forward to the least on playing the game was finding these fuckers again. I like, cause I got used to dealing with clickers. It's like, okay, you're just very quiet, and then like you get close to them, use the shiv, you know, with through stealth, or or you just go and like just gun blazing, just a uh, shotgun their face or something. And then runners are pretty relatively easy to deal with as well. And and then the the shamblers and the bloaters, which I kind of couldn't tell much like i didn't feel like there was that much of a difference between the shamblers and the bloaters i don't know if you felt the same way but to me those just meant they're like okay well here's where i'm gonna waste all my explosives basically yeah. like my my molotov and etc and just get this fucker down as soon as i as fast as i can um but the stalkers were the hardest one to deal with in my opinion um but how did you feel about the infected in this game uh there was definitely a lot of times where like it felt like I, I could feel like my stomach just turning kind of thing where it's just kind of like mm-hmm. I'm just at the edge of my seat. I'm very tense. And like there was a lot of moments where I just kind of got like frustrated and stuff. Um, generally speaking, I try to play the game with like like Metal Gear Solid uh, style where it's like I'm going to play yeah. the game uh, without just stealthing the whole way, not getting caught, just, you know, sneaking up on people and just and and, and the infected and just like uh, going out behind them and just choking them out or whatever or knifing them in the throat, just boom, that's it. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of, I liked that approach better because I was able to just conserve my ammo and my resources uh, much more easily. And I would even like, there were even towards the end of the game, I would just straight up, as soon as I got caught, I just hit the start button, hit restart checkpoint, just because mm-hmm. I did not, I wanted to uh, clear the area without without um, having to do this whole firefight and waste all these bullets. Um, it's funny. I hear. I heard a few people say that they do that, but I, 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 I didn't do that. I think a single time in the game. It's like I, I would always try to do the stealth way, but if I couldn't, then I was like, okay, well, we're going, <laughs> we're we're doing this in one way or another, and then I just started wasting everything. And honestly, there were so many encounters in this game, or and often I would die and have to redo it again anyway. But there were so many encounters in this game where I would finish it with just like literally like my last bullet or whatever. It's like I just barely had enough, and th- that's something like. I wonder because sometimes games have like kind of weird techniques to like make this happen this way and force the player into these kinds of situations. But well, I was, so often was, felt like I just had barely enough to get through every like encounter. You know what I mean? I was there were a lot of times where like I couldn't pick up items because it, I was full. Um, I, I just uh, I I that's not to say I didn't do that by the way. Like if I got to the point where I like cleared half of the half of a uh, an encounter. Where like half of the enemies have been stealth killed. If I get caught and like after the halfway mark, then I'll just play it out because it's so much easier. Because if I'm gonna just go start shotgunning people, at least I'm only gonna do like five people total. And so it was right. It was it was manageable. Um, on the, most of the items I barely even used. Like I almost never used the smoke bomb. I almost never used like the 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 sensor, the proximity mine. Like mm-hmm. the only times I ever like did that is whenever I was like fighting shamblers and stuff and I know what their, their path is going to be. So I would put it right where they're going to step and I would just kind of like walk away and then let them blow themselves up as they're just patrolling the yeah. area. 
but generally speaking, like I just didn't really. I just kind of like stuck with my playstyle. I stuck with my certain set of weapons, and like I like I almost never used like the revolver. Like almost never. I was always using mm. the pistol. I was I had silencer on there. Um, but yeah, I just kind of like try to keep it low key most times. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of agree with you on that a little bit. I did try to use everything at least a little bit to to kind of. You know, I, I, there were times where I had to, um, where it was like, okay, well, I don't have a lot of this or a lot of that. So maybe if I put in some of these proximity bombs around here, that's going to facilitate my uh, my work. Like, I'll, I'll throw this in here, like in this doorway. And when there's a zombie on the other side, I'll throw a bottle in there. So he'll run towards it. And then I'll get the one out of the way already, etc. And I love the Molotov cocktails. That's like my, yes. one of my favorite things to use as well. Uh, but, but I'll agree that like, like when it comes to specifically the the smoke bomb and the proximity bomb whatever it was i don't remember what it was actually called um i did not use those nearly as often as everything else in 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 the game i'll ever and i think those were the new things right i don't remember yes. those being in the in but the original game they were not game. they were not in the original no mm-hmm. cool so when we're going through seattle you also experience- actually uh, yeah. let me ask you this before we get it because we're since we're talking about how we played the game um or did you did you play the game on like moderate or how did you um oh yeah great question i played it on moderate okay so i played it on moderate and also you know we should give a shout out to all the great accessibility settings that the game has and how you can go and basically tune your experience to however you want to play it for the most part in many ways um but i just played it on moderate with almost no setting changes if anything i just made sure like subtitles were turned on and good and all that stuff because i like that um but no i played it on moderate difficulty baseline because I'm of the mind, like, everybody can play games however they want, but I'm, I'm of the mind that when I'm playing a game, um, I want to play it at the kind of the default standard way that the game was kind of balanced and designed for. Um, at least when I'm playing through it the first time. There are exceptions, like, if I'm playing a game that I know I'm terrible at, like, if I went to play a Call of Duty, I might put it down too easy or something because I'm just terrible at shooters. Um but still, I do have a little bit of that pride that prevents me from doing that most of the time. <laughs> but if I did it with any game, it would be like a Call of Duty or something. Um, but yeah, with this like, game, I played it on moderate. Yeah, so like um, there are people that, you know, they like they, they like the challenge. They think the game is fun only when it's in the most difficult. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. that person. Me neither. Um, I would get frustrated and I would rage quit. And, and uh, um, yeah, I just want to enjoy the game. I want to like... I want to sort of relax, so to speak. Not this game isn't the kind of game where it's going to be, you know, <laughs> comfort food or whatever. But you get what I'm, you get my drift, kind of thing. So, yeah. um, there, the the game lets you change the difficulty midway through your playthrough. You can change it at any time. That the game tells you that. Um, there were only two instances. Uh, there were two encounters where I actually changed the game to the easiest it can be. Oh, um, really? Yeah, uh, and and in because I kept dying. Over mm-hmm. and over again. That's and fair. I, was like, I, I did consider that at a few times. I just I didn't actually do it. But which so were the, the encounters? I'm curious about it. So in the very first Last of Us game, I only did it one time, where it was like I played the game in the normal difficulty, and then I went to very easy. Um, because there was a, an encounter where like you were in the school, and I just couldn't get out of this hallway part, and I just kept dying. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like set it to easy, got out of the school, and then put it back to normal. Right. Um, yes, sir. This time. I was, I completely forgot I did that, by the way. And then I was like, and then uh, I got to the part where I kept dying over and over again. I'm like, I was like, you know what? Since I did it just one time in The Last of Us 1, I'm going to give myself one time <laughs> here in The Last of Us 2. And it didn't, like, next thing you know, it's ended up being two times. But uh, I'll go ahead and just give you guys the, the rundown here. The first one was whenever, whenever you first initially meet Yara and Lev. 
Okay. Um, and you're getting out of the, uh, you're making your run for it. You got your backpack uh, back from that lady. And then um, there's a building where you have to like, you you hoist them up over the door. And then the kids are trying to open the door on the other side, but they can't. And oh, you think yeah. that she leaves you. They, you think that they leave you behind. But Oh, man, that was so stressful. <laughs> yes, I hate that. Okay, I hated that shit so much. <laughs> Uh, I got super frustrated because I kept dying after everything and I couldn't, mm. I couldn't, I had, okay, granted I had plenty of material, I had plenty of, of guns, but I had too much bullets, I had too much materials, I couldn't craft fast enough and everything, everyone was just coming at me from every, uh, they were just falling from the from the second floor at different yeah. spots and I just couldn't get away from it and then the shamblers like one shot kill you, or not the sham, the clickers one shot kill you and yeah, yeah, I was just like, uh, that no, was stressful, I, yeah. I couldn't, I kept dying and I just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to the very easiest difficulty. And then I kept dying again. I kept dying mm. some more. Um, ultimately, I think I finally got through it. I just kind of like, like did like a rote memorization of uh, specific actions. Cause I kept on doing trial and error where it's like, okay, um, as soon as I spawn, I, I admit, immediately change this gun and I immediately start crafting this cause I have enough time to do this before they start spawning here. Like I memorized the spawn points and it just was not the most enjoyable thing ever. Like I hated that shit. And even on very easy, I still it was still, still difficult. And then mm. after I got out of there, I got out of there. I raised my difficulty back up to moderate. And then I played there, thinking that there was, there was not going to be no more problems. And then we find we fight this boss enemy that was like this <laughs> giant fucking big ass rat. And I had a I kept dying again and again. And I'm just like, you know what? This fucking okay. boss sucks ass because he one shot kills you as soon as he approaches. Hold that thought. I'm excited to talk about that boss, but we're going to get to that later <laughs> Later yeah. on. So we're going to get back to that one specifically. Um, yeah, those, are, back, those, are, those are my, 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 my yeah. uh, difficulty situation I'll, there. I'll, I'll say this. I did get through those in moderate, but I, I think it, that's fair. That's fair because those were pretty hard and frustrating. I did have to do them a million times as well. Um, we haven't talked about human enemies yet. So other than uh, like fighting the infected, you also fight the human enemies in particular, the WLF when you're playing as Ellie for the most part. And the only, the main thing that I wanted to give, I wanted to give a couple shout outs to this. So first one is I thought the human AI in this game was pretty good. I thought it was like better than probably the human AI in the majority of other games that I've played like this, where it usually when you play these games it's like and you're you're sneaking in grass or something you can tell that the enemies are going into these predetermined predefined routes um they're almost kind of like doing a little like square or something along those lines it's really easy to figure out where you need to go to catch them uh, from behind or something and and in this game i felt like the human ai felt like real humans where they moved kind of not super predictably and you know they would kind of notice very easily if you made any noise in the grass and a lot of times they would like turn and like try to find you in the grass as, as you're trying to sneak past them and also they were using these dogs which that's a that's a whole other subject of conversation too but the dogs totally changed the the way that you could approach human encounters as well because you couldn't just find a good position and just sit and wait there um because the dogs would feel your scent and then like go towards you and lead the humans towards you as well. So I think it forced you to like approach these encounters in a way that you, you had to keep moving. And even if you're trying to do everything stealthily, like it was much harder to do it because, because you had to be constantly moving, constantly distracting the dogs or distracting the people. And it felt very different than any other stealth game usually views. Um, but the ones that I've played at least. So, so why do you think about those gameplay mechanics? So, okay. First off, 
I, I it just it really irks to, that you have to kill dogs. Like it just yeah. hurts because I've been a, I'm an I've been a dog owner since like I was a little kid, and it just really really sucks that you had to do it. And also, uh, you hear them knowing, cry too when you kill them. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was mm-hmm. the worst. And then knowing that like you kill Alice first, which is your main dog that from uh, Abby. I was mm-hmm. like, you kill Alice, and then you after you you play, I start playing as Abby later on, and you you realize that it's Alice with her with you, and she was such a good dog for you, and. Uh, it's the worst, but as far as like the enemies, uh, the AI, like the human AI, uh, yes, they even even when you when you, when I like reload, they wouldn't walk the same path. They would actually change paths, um, mm. which is kind of in- an interesting like variable to account for. Is that they're not always gonna do the exact same like rote uh, like uh, path that they're gonna always do, um, and sometimes like I even like had to like like lead them certain ways i would let myself get like half spotted where it's like what i thought i saw something kind of thing just to Mm -hmm. make them go to my trap or whatever or funnel them through um i also think it's really okay two things i I think it's cool that they did like give everyone individual names um, and they always stuck with that um that's good but also i just they should have went like the extra mile and given them like unique models because it kind of mm. seems like they recycled the same five models um i kept you know choking the same person like i choked him i choked that person like two encounters ago or something like that you know like mm. that kind of thing but uh but beyond that like the the way they uh they got each other's back is like hey i thought of something i was like okay i'll i'll, I'll follow right behind you kind of thing or and then like i would you know do this thing where like i would kill the person who's who's watching their six and stuff and then they were like and then they called back to him i was like hey we're, i was like are you okay and like and then they like they go check up on him and i'm like surprise motherfucker uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, so, it definitely yeah. Fe- felt like it felt like you were fighting real humans in many ways like with the i know some people i've, I've seen on twitter some people didn't like the, the name thing or made fun of it or whatever i i thought that was cool I, I didn't think it was overdone like it was all over the game but it wasn't to the point where you're always constantly hearing it because they would alternate like at times so it would be like like, oh Sarah or whatever yeah or at times they would just say oh my god I can't believe it or, or whatever or they got Roger you know like they got him like it's a, yeah or, or even better yet where like you they uh they see their 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 comrade dead and they they just shout out to the ether it's like you're fucking dead you know like they're trying to <laughs> yeah. like swearing vengeance on you you know that kind of stuff I think that's really cool um the one of the things that I was like uh, that happened to me very like not very often is whenever you're you're in an encounter situation and you're like you've you killed everyone but one, if you like injure someone but don't kill them and like in a certain way, uh, they either a plead for their life or oh, b yes. they just kind of like start swearing at you and wait for the wait just wait for you to kill them kind of thing. Uh, the very first time that ever happened to me, it was it was kind of far into the game because I never. I never like grazed someone, you know, like I always, mm. when I go for the kill, like I would either stealth kill them or just blow like their head off, like explosion type with a shotgun shell. Like I don't, I know I, I was at a, uh, at a point where like I couldn't do a certain section with stealth. So I had to do it with uh, just kind of going balls out. Mm. And um, I got to the point where I was using my pistols and, you know, I shot somebody in the stomach. It was a, it was a, um, like a female, like, uh, uh, AI person and then they were like they just started she just started pleading for her life and that like happened so late into the game for me and I thought it was like the scripted event mm-hmm. and I was just like motherfucking like just the most I was in this headspace where I was just like fuck this bitch you know I was just so stone cold killer I'm just gonna go up to him and I just macheted them like or bludgeoned them with like oh, my bat or something I just oh just, man boom, no, <laughs> I thought you were no about to flinching. say that 
I thought you were about to talk about how you felt so bad about it and you let her no. live or something like that. No, like, I just did not even flinch. <laughs> I, I was like, no. <laughs> like, I only had that happen to me in the game like twice, but one of them was sort of early on. And yeah, I, I think I just I just killed them right away because I, I, I then I, I got a lot of times in these moments I get into my kind of like interpreting the game mindset of like okay well what's gonna happen like if i don't kill them are they just gonna shoot me when i turn my back or whatever i don't want to see it i'm just gonna i just want to get this done with kind of thing um but i thought it was really <laughs> cool that they did this because there is a i, the I scars, do feel the scars prey by the way mm, there, there, pray. that's cool there, there is a consistent message throughout this game which is kind of this this interesting uh, it's almost like this kind of interesting criticism or it's not, not necessarily a criticism, but it's this interesting observation about how in so many games and in gaming culture, you just go through guns blazing, killing people after people uh, without even thinking about it. And this was already a theme in The Last of Us, but one that they tried to drive home with this one even further is like, no, each one of these random NPCs is a person. Like they have a name, they perhaps have a personality, they have a purpose, they have friends. You can you know listen what I mean? on like, their conversations, they're reading books and stuff or something like that, or yeah. they got like relationship advice going on and yeah, it was a lot of that. Yeah, so 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 it was kind of it was kind of cool to see that, and also you know when you switch to play as Abby, then you get to see that whole other side too, which we're gonna get to that in a minute. Um, but before we get to that, still in like Ellie's side, um, we get a few flashbacks when we're playing as Ellie, um, and one of those flashbacks that you know a lot of people I think loved is the the museum moment uh, where you get to see how Joel took her to see a museum. Um, Sort of like an obviously like an abandoned uh, post-apocalyptic, you know, the scenario of the museum. But um, when she was, I guess, turning 16 or so, it's a little unclear at times, like what age the, the characters are um, for her birthday. Now, what, what do you think of the scene? It was very cool. I was it reminded me of the Ellie that I, you know, loved. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think Ellie was a better character than to tell you the truth. But, um, you know, it kind of happens when you, you know, get old and jaded. But, um, you know, her just throwing the hat around kind of thing. And just I even like made her dive off of the uh, the T-Rex. Um, I don't know if you did that or not, but there's a lot of missable moments. And that's I think cool. uh, I think I, I think I did that. I'm, I'm trying. To, I can't remember right now, but that sounds like something I did. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I feel like the giraffe sequence in The Last of Us 1 was like such a memorable moment, like a bonding moment between her and Joel. And I think that the spaceship sequence was mm-hmm. like rivals it and maybe even be better like it's just so awesome and you were just there and then your controller rumbles as you're you know launching and stuff and it's just it was perfect it was so beautiful i also think it's one of those cool moments to uh sort of redeem joel in a certain way when you when you think about you know his role in the first game and in this game and um like the game does a lot of like the game does a lot of things to make you realize that what he did at the end of the first game was bad and had this terrible repercussions uh and etc but at the same time i feel like that's one of those moments that's trying to show you that remind you i I, i'd say that he has a heart too you know and and that's what he meant to ellie and this is the type of thing that he would do for ellie and that he would probably do for his daughter sarah in the past and even like in the in the short segments that we see in jackson in the beginning of the game i feel like you kind of get this vibe that joel was very beloved by the town uh by the people around him there is a part that we forgot to talk about but with ellie you do get to visit joel's old house in the beginning of the game and when you come into the house there's like flowers all over the place cards and yeah so so you can see that joel was this like 
despite kind of his rough edges. And I think in the first game, you see a lot more of his rough edges than anything else, at least in the post-apocalyptic um, setting of the game, you know, like taking away the, the initial part. Like this game does a few, you know, choices to show you a little bit more of, you know, the good side of Joel too. Um, that he's like this very protective person, this very loving person, this kind person that everybody else in the town likes. I, I think there's even a, a part where Jesse uh, comes in and he says something along the lines of like, oh, Joel, you know, Joel was uh, was like a father to me or something like that. Um, and which talking about that. So as Ellie and Dina are experiencing Seattle and, and going through their Ellie's revenge quest, they, they find Jesse they, and they have the scene. Apparently, the scene was in one of the trailers, and they had Joel's model there instead. Um, so it's kind of a way that Naughty Dog tricked people with the trailers as well. Um, but they go into this situation where I think Ellie's in trouble, and then Jassy puts her his hand in her shoulder and is like, do you think I'll let you do this alone? And then he helps her out. Uh, turns out that he left shortly after Ellie and Dina left, and then he kind of he's part of the game from there on in one way or another. What do you think of Jesse's role in the game? He's just kind of there. Uh, I don't really, I didn't really like get attached to him or anything like that. He seemed like a mm-hmm. cool dude. Um, you know, he was, he was about to be a father and he's just kind of like, you know, he definitely seemed like the most human. Maybe, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe between her, between him and Dina, uh, yeah. they have, they definitely like had the humanity side of things, but like, we didn't really, I don't think we really had enough time to just get established with him because he was kind of like, you know, all about business. You know, we got to do our patrol. We got to take this seriously. You know, he yeah. didn't really get a chance to shine. And yeah, I, so I, to speak, I feel like characters like Jesse and Dina and, and on Abby's side, you also see a little bit of this with like Owen and Mel, like they almost kind of bring in a little bit of the innocence to the to the game where, um, you know, Ellie, in many ways, um, she had that innocence in the first game. But after the events of the first game and after Joel being brutally murdered in front of her and everything, she kind of becomes, like you said, like this she, this more subdued, more jaded person and she's ready to kill she's ready to do whatever needs to be done to to just get revenge and and many ways she's blinded to things that are happening around her and etc um and and then these characters like jesse and dina they're almost kind of like they almost i I feel like they're sort of important to bring her back to reality and be like hey like you know she's dina's pregnant which we didn't talk about yet either but you know dina's pregnant she's feeling ill we're at risk here this doesn't seem like a good idea we gotta get out of here we gotta go back home uh we've already you know killed some of them can't we just be done and call it a day and and ellie is just so thirsty for revenge that she doesn't and for a while she excuses that by saying we gotta find tommy we gotta find tommy and for the longest time i thought tommy was gonna be dead like yeah me um, too because because he because he left and then we don't see him for a while you keep finding kind of these like in quotes remains of where where he was like you find two bodies and you can you can tell that he was torturing those people to try to figure out where abby is and and you find a few other things and it takes a while for you to actually run into tommy and find him um uh, actually what happens i think is that ellie and jesse have a fight and then jesse finds tommy and then ellie goes separate they go their separate ways and then they they all find each other um but let's see before we get into the the sort of the Ellie Abby confrontation that then leads to let's call it part two of Last of Us Part Two. Are there more things about these Seattle segments that 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 you want to hit on? I don't. I can't. Nothing comes to mind. Um, uh, actually, I'll, I'll I'll bring it. I'll bring up a, a oh, few things. Actually, oh yeah, the 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 take on me the mm-hmm. cover. 
I like okay. Does it is it is there is it just me or is there like a lot of things that could be missed? Like that's one of the it, things that could be is, missed. The synagogue. Oh yeah. The Go synagogue ahead, moment as well. Like there's a moment where you find a synagogue on the. Yeah. With uh, Dina, which by the way, like Seattle Day One was kind of like this open world part of the game where you could go and explore all these different buildings and you had a map and it was a very unique thing. I think they did that on Uncharted Lost Legacy as well, as far as I know. Um, but it was like very different than the rest of the game. And, and that's where a lot of the missable things are, where depending on where you explore and where you go, uh, you can find all these different little story beats. And, and one of them is Ellie like doing a cover of Take On Me in front of Dina. It went kind of viral, like everybody's like sharing this moment it was it was very cool and it was very emotional and it's also one of those points where if you focus on it you can see like really top notch like facial animation and and just like naughty dogs talent all throughout that scene um what do you think about the guitar in general like the guitar has an important kind of role in in this whole story i would say just because it's always there and it's what joel passed on to ellie um in some I, way you know what I, mean? I didn't even notice it until it was like the second time i played the guitar or in in the game where it's like where i realized that the touchpad is was carefully mapped mm-hmm. it's like what part of the touch uh, the touchpad you're hitting is the string that you're hitting so if you hit like the top of the touchpad you're hitting like the deeper uh the top string and if you hit the bottom of the touchpad you hit the the, the higher notes with the the mm-hmm. uh, the bottom of this of the uh, the guitar like the like the lowest guitar string so it's like and everything in between you can like carefully like yeah pick at the specific part that you uh, wanted to uh, to uh, play I even like know a little bit like I mean like and I mean like the most very basic I know like uh, a four note the first four notes of a song and guitar and I try to emulate it and, and replicate it and I think I did a semi decent job because i was like mm-hmm. carefully picking the guitar <laughs> on the touchpad uh very, uh you know pretty pretty decently i would say um so yeah like i think it was that's really good and i can just see a situation where like i just want to see a youtube video where somebody you know puts that plays that little mini game where you know you're just kind of like free playing the guitar and somebody just plays a, a song like a real song like that's something out outside of the the scope of you know what was already programmed into the game yeah i can tell you can find some of those already um i've, I've seen a few but yeah i thought that was cool um i mean honestly i didn't care that much for it uh I, when i was playing i felt like it was like a little bit of a gimmick i didn't feel like i had to do that i felt like you could um because especially because whenever i was trying to do it it sounded terrible <laughs> and uh <laughs> like the the song just didn't land how it was supposed to land like ever and then it would like cut to the cutscene, and then it sounds great in the cutscene. and i was just like oh okay okay that's kind of interesting i feel like they wanted to use the touchpad for something um but the guitar is like a story component and what it means like what it meant to joel and then the fact that we got a few flashbacks of him teaching ellie and then ellie learning it and then you know singing a song to dina like all that stuff i, I liked i like that i thought it was an interesting way to bring these things together by the uh, way let me ask you this is it possible yeah. to not pick up the map because it kind of feels like i was exploring and trying to hit every corner and then i found the map but it kind of feels like i could have just like walked past that trailer and didn't go inside the trailer and not pick up the map or is it mm. something that's mandatory because it kind of feels mandatory in the sense that it plays such a pivotal part in the in a certain later scene, but kind of, I don't know. Like, am I or am I like missing something? Because I couldn't tell. I don't remember the exact way that you pick up the map, but I would guess oh, I that that would. I would guess that that would have to happen. Because, because okay, so like you're in the open world part. You're at the beginning of Seattle Day One, mm-hmm. and you're about to go into the city, but you get off the horse, and because like instead of going, there's like nothing blocking you from proceeding forward. Uh, but to your left is a is a trailer 
uh, and you can go and you disembark the horse, you get off the trailer, and the map is in there as well as a collectible card, like one of those trading cards. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I was like, what if I just didn't stop and get get off and go into the trailer? Is there was there some kind of gimmick in the game that prevented me from not getting the map? Because I don't know. It just kind of, I just it's just a thought that I kind of have in yeah. my mind. I don't know. Maybe you know, on my second playthrough, I'll make a point to uh to actually try to not pick it up and then see what happens. Because um, <laughs> yeah, I just I just assumed it was just a a thing that that everybody would end up doing. Because they do some very clever things with that sometimes, where it's like without you really realizing they force you to pick up something there's there's a moment with abby when you start playing as her where you pick up a coin because you go and like you have to go and grab a certain like one of those dumpsters or something to like yeah. to progress and then and there the ha- coin is there yeah, yeah. so so I, they might have done something akin to that um a few other shout outs that i want to give to like when you're playing as ellie in seattle um i thought the collecting the the trading cards that you just mentioned i thought that was pretty cool i thought that was like a neat collectible to like look around i was trying to find all of them i don't think i did um the the safe mechanic where you had to like figure out like find the puzzle to figure out the the password to open the safe uh i liked it at first but then i kind of feel like they overdid it uh, (laughs) where i just kept finding those safes like freaking everywhere and everybody makes like a little that was like a very handwritten part of it part of the handwritten game. note with the combination on it or i was like oh like the combinations my my no when my dog won employee of the month and <laughs> yeah like, it's like right there on the board on the wall yeah um, i i felt like that like i feel like they could have cut out like maybe like a third or half of the safes and, and the game wouldn't have suffered much um also and... you can crack the safes by the way i don't know if you know that but when oh, you play really? the game, if you play the game with headphones um uh-huh. you can hear Whenever you hit the right number, like the correct number, it makes a slightly different click. Just oh, that's ever, awesome. ever so slightly, you can hear it kind of like, like the the combination kind of like sliding in or whatever. Uh-huh. And so you can actually like crack a safe without knowing the combination. Just kind of like toggle through every ninety nine options and just hear, listen for the the click, and then there it is. It's like, oh, that's the one, and then move on to the next one. That's um, pretty cool. That's I think I did cool. it. I did it one time only, um, not because I didn't know the combination, but like there was a safe where it's like, oh, the the combination is is my room number and your room number. Yeah, I remember I that I didn't. One. I didn't know which room number the neighbor was in, so I just kind of did like uh, the first room number, which I knew the first three numbers, and then and then the second one, and then like I just for like the very last combination, I had to listen for the click because I knew I knew what it started with. Like I knew like it was a three, and then I just didn't know if it was. If it was uh, um, like zero one or zero two or zero nine, like it could have been any one of those those nines. So when I was like like uh, um, like eliminated down to just nine nine numbers, then I can just listen for the click, and then there it is, boom, mm-hmm. open the, open Sesame. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty cool. And well, something that I heard about is that apparently, like, if you turn on all the accessibility settings, like it is, uh, you're almost able to play this game even as a blind person or somebody that has like really poor vision and or at least that's something that i kind of heard ramblings about i, I don't know if it's 100 percent true but that would even be a, a scenario where that would make sense um because that was one of the things where i was like man some of those are kind of hard like you gotta like sort of zoom in and like get close to the tv to see like what exactly you need to uh you need to reference um so that makes perfect sense to me um talking about another flashback we also get a flashback where ellie goes back to the hospital and finds out like the truth like basically pressures joel into telling the truth uh, and then that means that at that point she finds out what actually happened, what Joel did at the end of the first game. And 
it seems like they go back to Jackson and they don't talk anymore until probably the, you know, their final sort of interaction that we get to see later on right before he ends up dying, uh, which is very sad when you think about it that way. But I thought it was interesting because I thought it was interesting to find out that Ellie already knew what Joel did and was still there and still pursuing revenge and all of that stuff. Because to me, that meant that she forgave him in a way. Um, and before, you know, I was playing this game with the expectation like oh my god when is she gonna find out what joel did when she finds out like you know that's she's gonna be so pissed it's gonna be such a moment and i thought it was cool that they didn't have that moment be a part of the i guess the the part the chronology of the revenge story instead it was just something that happened in the past that she had already gone through it she was still kind of upset about it over the last few years but really she ultimately forgave him right Yes. Um, so I first off, get a shout out to Ashley Johnson's performance on that scene. Oh yes, she's that was excellent. Like, that was like one of those like gun wrenching scenes where you see her like holding her chest, like that part right there is like I felt that like that mm-hmm. when some if some like that kind of news would hit uh, when you have like this emotionally like traumatic feeling, it's gonna hit you in your chest, and I, that mm-hmm. was such a a real like I don't know like reaction or performance or something like it was it just it hits you and it was really effective i 100 percent agree with that um we get to see a few interesting things when ellie is pursuing her revenge like how she's like going after all these people um in in seattle and i one of my favorite parts was when she's after nora she's chasing her through this hospital and then you know she she starts getting infected because they fall into these like spore uh, infect, infected area and then Ellie doesn't give a fuck because she's immune and, and Nora starts turning and she wants to find out where Abby is and she ultimately ends up torturing her and some of the stuff that they did with lighting in the scene was really cool there's a lot of cool stuff that they did with lighting and color in this game like there's one encounter where like everything is red like you're like in the I think it's like you're in the like a, the sewers or, or the subway or something and like everything is red it's one of the kind of first encounters that you have in Seattle, I think, in the game where there's both infected and, like, WLF enemies and things like that. So, I don't know. There's just a lot of cool things and a lot of cool moments in the game. So, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the Nora moment. Um, so, let me ask you this. I wanted yeah. uh, I wanted your take on this because, like, I don't... Do you believe that Ellie was going, going to let Nora and Owen and Mel live? Or do you think she was always going to kill them? Um... Honestly, I think she was always going to kill them. And it, it you mentioned, you know, the moment with Mel and Owen where it kind of comes across like she only wants the information. It's trying to do the thing that Joel did, that Tommy did, which is, you know, like asking two people the same question, seeing if they give the same answer, etc. But I think this interesting theme throughout this game is kind of like, or both games even, it's about how like Ellie goes from like this innocent little girl um, to really becoming more like Joel. Um, like, because, you know, that's, that's what she's seen and that's what she's gone through. And I think an interesting kind of overarching theme of The Last of Us is like, it's called The Last of Us because it's, it's not just the last people, but it's also like these the people that have like the, the, it's like the remains of their humanity, right? It's like they, they've lost so much. They've gone through so much that they lost a lot of what makes them human. They still have that in there and you still see those moments through the game, but it's really about how the circumstances change, how people act and make them more extreme and make them more violent and tribalistic and aggressive and all that stuff. And I ultimately think that during Ellie's revenge quest, she's so far down the, the hole of, of doing this and of, you know, being the, like being this rough, 
revenge seeking person um that i think she wouldn't really let this these people live but perhaps you know mel being pregnant perhaps that would have played a role in it which they parallel with dina well also that and uh ellie vomited when she realized that she killed a pregnant woman because i don't think she knew that she was pregnant until after yeah until after she killed her so yeah that was that was a pretty interesting moment too um and so i don't know i i think i think you could see it both ways i see it as like i think ellie was just so far down the 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 dark the dark side at that point that that she would have probably just had just killed all of them except for maybe mill damn i i don't know i was i was sort of buying her 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 act about it's like i just want the information because like because in my, my own headspace, like, I didn't really want to kill them. Like, I'd kill them only if they got in my way, but I wouldn't, uh, you know, I just, I just, I just need Abby, you know, like, they've, yeah. they, I, if they'd have just sold her out, then they, I, I would have spared them kind of thing. Um, you know, yeah. the, the interesting thing is, um, you might have a point because I will, I'll tell you this. If the question was about Joel, the answer would be easy, right? Because we saw, like, we saw Joel in the first game where he, like, there's a scene towards the end, he tortures somebody to get the information, still kills them at the end, right? And I, like, they kind of established that that's, like, what Joel does. Like, he didn't need to kill everybody in the hospital at the end, but he did. He didn't need to kill Marlene, but he knew she was going to go after them, so he did, right? So it's like, so if it was Joel making that decision, he would kill them, because it's like, these people are going to come after us if we don't. He would definitely pull the trigger. But it's Ellie, so it's kind of like this argument of, like, is Ellie... Is Ellie has Ellie become Joel at this point, or is she? Well, she still definitely had whenever, uh, whenever she was uh, strung up upside down with the trap, mm-hmm. and then she got cut down and stuff, and then she, uh, he was like the guy was like, "I'll talk, just don't, just spare me, and I'll talk." And then he gives her, he gives her all the information she needed, and then she killed him anyways. That's a good point, and that that's what happens later in the game too. Um, just a quick other thing too. There's so many jump scares in this game too, which I thought were interesting. Like I don't think there was as many jump scares in the first one, uh, but I actually really like how they did it. Um, cause it it kind of kept you on your toes. You didn't even know what was going to happen. Yeah. It made you feel like you were never safe. Like you were constantly squeezing through the debris and you're like, um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then suddenly there's the situation where you're squeezing through and then a zombie starts to squeeze through the other side and, Oh, the um, door, all the, like the little hallways and stuff. mm -hmm. Those are the worst. Yep. Oh my god. We um the Ellie story ultimately culminates with her like they're she's staying at the st- in this theater with you know Dina and Jesse and then Tommy comes in uh and they're all talking I think I think Jesse is talking to Tommy in the other room or um and she's with Dina or Dina's in the back cuz cuz she's sick and and she's sleeping or something and they're 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 deciding what to do I think at this point they're kind of deciding that they're going to go back uh, they to were, Jackson uh, abandoning their mission they basically said well you know, we did our best, but we need to get Dina back. So we're just going to settle for the fact that we killed all of her friends and then just dip. <laughs> <laughs> and then Abby comes in, immediately shoots Jesse in the head, which like totally unceremoniously like kills dies, yeah. you know, kills him off in, in, in the game, um, which which I thought that was interesting. Um, and then ellie's like she i think they they shoot tommy as well and which by the way like only character in this game that has like full like plot armor never fucking dies that was something that i saw in somebody else's like a uh, spoiler cast as well but tommy, I thought just tommy died too when he got shot yeah yeah i kept thinking he was dead and it just keeps coming back um but then we have the final like you know this not the final but we have this confrontation between ellie and abby and ellie's like please don't please don't don't kill them and and abby's like dude 
Like, you killed all my friends. Like, who are you to ask for anything? And that's when we cut to Ellie's past with her dad. We figure out her backstory. You know, her dad was the doctor that was going to find the cure and he got killed by Joel. Uh, and then we get to play through this kind of mirrored version of the game. Like, all three days again with Abby. Um, which actually leads me to, to, to asking you, like, did you, how long did it take you to beat the game? Like, what, what was your clock at when you beat it? 35 hours. 35, okay. So you took, like, a few more hours than me. Um, but you you almost, like, you almost played through the whole game again as Abby. Um, it, I, it takes a little bit longer. It takes maybe, like, 60% of the time or something. Um, but you are going through a lot of the similar beats, and you get to see how the wolves live. You get to see how their society is structured. It's kind of similar to how they're structured in Jackson, but maybe they're a little bit more extremist. But they also more have military, their patrols. Yeah. Um, they have their fights with the... They all live in this, like, sort of, like, I think it's like a football gymnasium or something, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and and they have this conflict with the uh, Seraphite cult, which they call the Scars. Uh, and then it's almost like this interesting, like for every person that you killed with Ellie in the first part of the game, and for every bad thing that you did, you get to see kind of the other side. And you get to see that maybe these people were not as bad as you thought they were. And you get to see that, you know, perhaps there's an argument that Ellie was the true villain here. And perhaps she was the one that was in the wrong. But it really is that, you know, either there's they're all in the wrong or none of them are in the wrong. So I think I think there's this ultimate like interesting message of the game that like the game doesn't really have a villain, right? It's just yeah, like, they're each they're each each other's villains, uh, depending on it's all about perspective. And I think there's like that that's where like this is where this is where people are gonna get like head, strung up on as far as mm-hmm. like if the game is good or not is whether or not you truly buy into Abby. And then that's where, like where like the the emotional crux is at is you know is the player uh, do you does the game succeed in making the player feel conflicted because mm-hmm. if you don't then you're just gonna play through the Abby section just basically being fuck this bitch and just like not caring or not just you know being shut off or something like that like I try to keep an open mind um, you know I there were you know Abby was trying to be re- she was trying to redeem herself you can tell that. She was, you know, trying to do something good, you know, whenever she met Yara and uh, and Lev. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know, like, it just kind of, I, I, I kind of am very... My, You're conflicted. Yeah, my, my whole thing is, uh, if we're just going to go, we're just going to go straight to the end here. I, I wanted, I wanted Abby to die. You mm-hmm. know, I wanted Ellie to get, when we get to that final fight. And they finally, you know, it culminates in that. It just, uh, I needed that catharsis. Mm-hmm. In my in my opinion, Abby was the chain reaction. She she set everything in motion. Her character sucks because she couldn't let go of her hate. And she infected that hate. She, like a disease, she spread it to, to Ellie. And, you know, she made Ellie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. she was, Ellie was at the point at the beginning of the game where she was finally making amends and forgiving Joel and developing a relationship and opening up her heart to the world. You know, she was finally coming around from her trauma. Mm-hmm. But then Abby just shows up and fucks everything up only because, okay, here's the thing. Abby, she couldn't let go of her hate. She, her father got killed. I know she, her father got killed by Joel. But at the same time, she couldn't appreciate what was right in front of her. Her hate pushed Owen away and made Owen get like male pregnant instead of her or whatever. She got all like training and like made her body into this killing machine all swollen and everything. So she can be a killing machine when she could have just been happy, like 
living her life and li- seeing what's what's in front of her. And the same can be said about Ellie because yeah. I have I have a rant on Ellie too, but this is Abby's fault and the bitch deserved to die. All right. All right. I I think that's a I think that's a fair argument. I think I don't know like I think in some ways like I could kind of get behind like Abby's like thirst for revenge because I feel like you know I saw this argument that you know this is a world where shit happens and people are getting killed all the time and killing each other all the time and kind of everybody's evil in some way and good in some way and that you just need to let shit go and move on right but Abby's dad I forgot what he was named now but he was established as like this very good kind person we don't get to see him that much but like he the saved idea is, zebras yeah, yeah yeah like the idea is like okay this is like this is not you know the the joel it, maybe this is what joel was right but but this is not like the joel type of person who we know like is out there torturing people and trying to get by and etc this is like this is a good person who's fighting for a good cause who's trying to save the world you know like he's trying to cure like the disease and he's trying to uh he's trying he might be the key like that character might have been the key to to the saving of humanity in this universe and the fact that like I, i guess the fact that joel comes in and just murders him not in self-defense or anything, but it straight up just murders him, right? And and murders, like, everybody else and all these other people that she probably knew, like, from the Fireflies and etc. I do think that is a interesting catalyst. So, uh, as much as you're right in saying, like, what Abby did was the catalyst for everything Ellie did, and that's true. What Abby, like, what Joel did really was the catalyst for that. So, I think it's this weird, like... And I feel like that's kind of the idea is like that you could theoretically keep going that like, well, Joel would probably have not become a person that would do that if it wasn't for what happened to Sarah, you know. Well, so it's also, really... I, I also have a problem with that as well. Like, I think this is not – this could have all been avoided if it was Ellie's decision to die at the end of The Last of Us 1 instead of taking that decision away from her. And yeah. say, unilaterally deciding that that was the dumbest thing ever. Like really, that just I, I just baffling. Especially when you see it on the back end and the and the and the, uh, the the flashback sequence where like if it, what if it was your daughter kind of thing and like that whole sequence sucked ass because really they should have sat both of their asses down, Ellie and Joel together, and told them what was going to happen. So that way Ellie could have given the green light herself and make Joel sign off on it. I think that's a fair point. I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, they were kind of doing it in a w- weird way. Like, who would have known? Like, was that going to work? Was it not going to work? Like, they're, they're sacrificing this person. Isn't there another way? Like, it all happened so fast. Like, it did come across like they could have taken their time and figure that stuff out and talk to them rather than just doing it to her while she's on, you know, she's unconscious. And so et sedated so, and all that, yeah. So like, I honestly, see that argument, and like, too. And also, I, I, I also want to give, like, throw two caveats to that as well. Like, number one... um. I've seen a I've seen a game theory, uh, you know, watch my watch Matt Pat, um, and and I and I kind of sort of agreed with it because it's a fungal it's a fungus that's taking over you. It's not a it's not a it's not a virus. It's not like a, a like a, a flu or a cold or whatever. It's not. That's true. A, a, a fungus can't um, a fungus can't uh, be given like a vax. You can't vaccinate that. You know. A, uh, a fungus. You know. It's not. It's not the same thing. A vaccine is a virus that is weak and uh, and is. Um, it's, it's like a, a weaker version of a, of a, uh, a disease to make your body immune to it. You don't do the same thing with a, with a fungus. So I don't, there's number one is that he said his game, his game theory is that, um, 
that it's not, there was never going to be a cure. That doesn't work. And number two, even if there was a cure, even if we want to buy into the fact that he can develop a, an, a cure, um, uh, there's like, there's the idea that, you know, humanity sucks ass and, mm. you know, the, the, the fireflies would have used that to be, make it a weapon, you know, which, uh, they you know, that's, that's something they that would have ruined it. actually thought of too. It's just like, is this world and are these people worth saving? Like, especially when you think about the context of the first game, they're like, they, they run into some good people, but like so many of the people that he run into are just, you know, they just suck. They're just terrible <laughs> people and they're, they're doing terrible things. So it's like, I, I do think there's an interesting argument there. It is kind of like, a, it sounds extremist, right? But in the context of this, you know, obviously fictitious like, sci-fi like, scenario. Can you um, imagine just like the fireflies just cherry picking spe- spe- uh, specific soldiers to to be immune so that way they can take over the world and just hold that vaccine like hostage or yeah, profit knows, off right? of it or something? Like these, there's just like, <clears throat> even if you'd managed to make it work, it's still not, it's still going to be a weapon. Mm-hmm. So just like everything, you know, anytime you invent something like fire or social media, there's good in it, but then there's also people are shitty with it. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I will say that I do think that a general theme, and this will kind of bring it back to this game too. I, I do think that the intention though with both of these games is with the fireflies is that they are trying to say that the fireflies are good. Like they're like that, especially, and you see that a lot with Owen's character, which we can talk a little bit more about. Like they are the ones that have hope for the future of humanity and are trying to like do the right thing and at least that's the idea that i think the game is trying to give you whether that's true or not as opposed to all of these other factions like you look at the wolves with uh isaac as their leader and they're a lot more you know militarized and they're a lot more uh ruthless and you know they torture people and either you do the right thing or you're dead and etc versus it kind of comes across like the idea with the fireflies is that they're kinder and they're they do things a different way and they're they're not necessarily trying to do things the violent way and i think you see that a lot on owen's character in the in the game because he's he's kind of the voice what dina was to ellie he's that to abby where he's like let's let it go like or let's um he feels like he's he's trying to keep her grounded and he really wants to leave the wolves he wants to go back he wants to go to santa barbara he wants to barbara he wants to find the the fireflies and he wants to go back to fighting for something that he believes in right yeah I don't know. Like I said, I have just I have problems with this game and the narrative and everything. I guess like I just kind of like really dissected things a lot, which mm-hmm. I guess the game is wanting you to. I mean, it feels like this game is like the 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 biblical story or like the biblical uh, parable, like an eye for an eye makes the world blind kind of thing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like that's basically what this is like. It's that the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, like I said, like Abby's actions, she gets all her friends killed, and like she yeah. she taints Ellie, you know. Um, and like, and she'll never be the same, obviously. Um, and like, and also like, it just kind of sucks because like, one of the things I didn't, I don't like about the ending and like, I'm getting, I know I'm kind of skipping forward a bit, but like the ending is when, when Ellie decides to not kill her, like mm-hmm. she, you know, she doesn't go follow through with her revenge quest as if she didn't kill hundreds of people already to get to that point, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's number one. But number two, it's like, I feel like this this narrative structure would have worked better with the ending that they gave at the end of the game ellie comes back home and uh and dina cleared out all right let's 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 get to that so i do there is a few points that i want to hit back on like abby's part but we can do that later let's let's get to sort of the the ending like the last few hours of the game so after you you catch back up to you know ellie and abby's confrontation um they they kind of go their separate ways they end up not killing each other and then you get to see 
like this sort of happy ending uh, where Ellie and Dina are living at a farm uh, and you get to play as Ellie a little bit. The Dina has had her baby. It's called JJ. So named after Joel and Jesse, most likely. I don't remember. Jesse, if they're... Probably Jesse Jr. Probably. I'd yeah, imagine. Something along those lines. Um, but and then you get to see them like living happy and, and it looks like they've moved on and, and things are good. And when I was here, I was like, this is a good I, ending. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, this is a great ending. And I was thinking like, oh, this wraps up the game nicely actually i was like i get the message like get, okay, it like, got the tone it got the tone of like the of uncharted 4's ending too by the way mm-hmm. just and, in the and house I, and i liked it i thought that felt good but then there was like a part of me like deep in my heart where i was like naughty dog is about to pull the rug from under my feet right like they're about this is not gonna be this. i was like this can't like this is too good <laughs> like this is too good to be the ending i don't think naughty dog is gonna give us this i, I think they're because at least with i feel like with this game like I felt like throughout the game a lot. Like th- these these developers are mean. Like I like I love them. They they did a phenomenal job, but they're they're mean with so much of the things that they do. Like making you kill the dogs and then making you play with the dog later so that you feel bad that you killed the dog and all that stuff. Like they can't. They, I don't think they're gonna just end this happily. I hope they do, but they, I don't know if they will. And and I was right because Tommy shows up, and I honestly thought it was like a little bit out of character, but I see what they're trying to do. But Tommy shows up and he's like, "Hey, we gotta we gotta." I got this lead, like, Abby's still alive, this is where she is, like, we gotta go get her, you need to go get her, Ellie, and, and then, like, Dina, like, kicks him out of the house, and by the way, by, by this point, he's, like, all fucked up and stuff, like, it looks like he can't, he's lip, he's limping, he can't really see, etc., and, and then Dina's, like, get out, like, and I was, like, Ellie, please don't do this, please don't, just, like, just be happy, just, like, end this freaking cycle that the game is about, and, like, just be happy and end the game here, but she doesn't. She yeah. <laughs> she puts on Joel's jacket and she leaves. She goes after revenge again, and then we get which, to see kind of this. Which, by the way, this is a missed opportunity for for Ellie as a growth, you know, because I don't feel like she truly got to live the context of uh, you know, of Joel's decision or understand Joel's decision. Like Joel couldn't give up his daughter, basically his surrogate daughter, mm-hmm. and like I feel like this was like, a chance for her to like to bond with JJ and really like understand you know how much you would do anything for your child kind of thing mm-hmm. and yeah like it just kind of feels like a, a missed opportunity for for ellie to grow in that regard mm-hmm. for me anyways so i was really upset about that decision i didn't like that that's where that went and i i didn't like because I, I was i was also kind of tired of playing this game at the, at the game at this point we've done so much <laughs> game, you know at this point you're like 30 hours in it. it's like no there's another segment into the game after that um, where, you know, Ellie goes to Santa Barbara and you, you play as Abby again for a little bit. And then you play as Ellie and you find like Abby is with Lev, which we didn't even touch on, but Abby is looking for the fireflies. She figures out that they've gone to, I think Catalina Island or something. She's going after that. And then you get introduced to this other group, this other faction, which I think they're called the Rattlers or something. Yes. Like. Rattlers. Uh, yes. There you go. I have a hard time uh, <laughs> pronouncing that. Um, but then they, they, they take Abby and then you come in as Ellie and you basically fight them all, kill them all, get to Abby, save her, save that. Like she's kind of crucified, almost like, you know, like in a religious sort of imagery, in my opinion. Um, and then you get to like, you get to have like a final fight with between Ellie and Abby. And at this point, Abby doesn't want to fight. She's done. She's being through hell. She already let Ellie go. She just wants to be done with the whole thing. She's trying to find. I feel like at this point, Abby has gone through, like, she has gone through the growth, right? Where, like, she 
realized she's ready to find peace. Yeah. yeah, like she realized that her quest for revenge led to the death of everybody she cared for, and now she's found this new person that she cares for in Lev, and and she just wants to go and find peace with him. She just wants to be done with it all. But Ellie wants to fight to the point. So she wants to fight so much to the point that she threatens to kill, kill Lev. Lev. Yeah. Um. Which I think that's an interesting, also like example of like how far she's gotten gone down, like the the in quotes dark path in a way, and and then they have this like final fight, which is like which I really didn't want to do, like I didn't want that to be happening. It's one of those moments where you're like you almost don't want to play the game, uh, but you go through it, and and at times I was like, is Ellie gonna die? Like like I said, like it had been spoiled to me, which turned out to be fake that Ellie would die. She didn't, and then so is Abby gonna die? And she didn't either. So. Ultimately, Ellie decides to let Abby live, even though she had the opportunity to kill her. And Neil Druckmann talked about this this point where he said that that moment <clears throat> is supposed to be the moment of hope for Ellie to show that there is still light in her and that she can still... It's not over yet for her, that she can still potentially find peace. Um, she lost she, she lost those fingers in the fight. She yeah, can never play true. guitar ever again. Um... Like, I needed that. Like, I needed her to go through with it. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like every sacrifice she made going up to that point is in vain if she didn't see it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, I, I get that Abby and Lev are like the new Joel and Ellie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't work for me. I liked, I liked Lev way more than I liked any other characters, including Ellie, by the way, just FYI. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just. Uh, I just think that she couldn't be redeemed. Like she, this isn't like a situation where she's like motherfucking Darth Vader, and now she, you know, Darth Vader by one act can simply undo the fact that he killed hundreds of Jedi, including children, and you know all that kind of stuff. You know, I, you, yeah, no, I, I'm not buying it. That, I can't. That, that's I was, true. <laughs> I was not with it. I just, like, you could have done it better if you were gonna really go down the way, uh, go down the path of uh, her letting um abby go they needed a better connection they -hmm. needed to have a conversation i think they should have understood each other better and i think the the fact that the player knows what's going on doesn't mean that the characters do and there's just it just doesn't work for me i feel like they needed to have a a powwow or something if they if they were maybe they should have got on the boat together or something like that you know or have abby stitch ellie up something that makes it so that they like kind of you know come together yeah, I was kind um, of hoping for that too. I was because you know they both got caught, like or Ellie didn't get caught, but like they were both being attacked by this new group. So in a way, I thought they were gonna bond over like the sort of this common enemy, right? And and then not, I mean, I guess bond it might even be too strong of a word, but like ultimately Ellie saves her life. So I thought what was I did think that what was gonna happen then by the time they get to the beach is that. They were going to get on the boat together and they were going to leave together and that was going to be it. And the game was going to end there. And then it's kind of up to your imagination to be like, oh, okay, so they're cool now. And it's like, it is a weird thing to do, but I feel like it would be this interesting ending that I think would have kind of like brought the whole game together too, in a way. Like, it's like you saw the motivations of both of these characters and then now they had these this common enemy that made them realize that they're more alike than they're different. And then they're leaving this place together. I thought that could have been interesting. Um, I definitely... Yeah, like, yeah. I, I definitely more. didn't want. I honestly, personally, I definitely didn't want the fight. I felt like to me, the fight in that moment didn't seem like appropriate. Like they had just gone through this like terrible thing, like trying to escape these guys, and I, I don't know. It just to me, it felt weird. Like they, they were both all like you know hurt and 
it's it was just a it was like a sad fight to watch and i do i, I do want to say though that I, I think an interesting way to look at this too is that had ellie killed abby right then lev would have been the one that could have potentially gone after revenge and gone after ellie to kill her because she killed the person that at that point was kind of his like sister slash mother figure right yes and i think that would have even continued the cycle so i think they made ellie decide to not kill abby the point of that decision was to kind of break the cycle to to break break the the cycle Yeah, yeah exactly um like this is this is over now like the next game is not going to be about revenge anymore. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to get to now, which is, will there be a Last of Us Part 3? Because when I when I started playing this game and when I heard about this game, I did not think there would. I thought this was going to be the end of it. I thought Naughty Dog was probably tired of making this game. They worked really hard hours for it. I thought they were going to kill off all the characters by the end and that this was going to be the end of The Last of Us. But after like playing got, it... It feels like we got The Last of Us 2, 3, and 4 in this game. Yeah, that, there's that too. Like, we got so much. Like, But honestly, Louis, after I finished it, I would be surprised if there's not a part three. Do you think El, uh, Do you think Abby and Lev will return? I, I think they might, but I think I do think that you're not going to be playing as Abby on the next game. I, I feel like that was something that served a purpose here for what they were trying to do and what they were trying to tell and what they were trying to show. But I feel like, I, I feel like and I hope that that's done. And I really want to see a, a third game where it's more consistent, where it's more about Ellie, and it's more about, like, Ellie finding her redemption and her purpose. Um, and I, I think this game, for as much as it answered, like, I th- it created more questions than it answered. Like, it it introduced, like, they introduced the Shamblers, and you'll find all these notes about how this is, like, this is a new infected, where did it come from? And I feel like there's sort of a mystery of where did the Shamblers come from, Um which you don't really get to have some kind of resolution for. There's the whole story of the the Seraphite cult, which I feel, felt like there was more to develop on, and especially with Lev, there might be more to develop on. Um, and then you start asking, like, well, if you look at both games, like, kind of like a recurring theme is, like, Ellie's sense of purpose and, like, her being this immune person, her being the potential cure to this disease. And, like, is that not going to have some kind of resolution or purpose to the old overall story? Because it kind of hasn't so far. So all these things lead me to believe there needs to be an end of a trilogy kind of thing. I and, and this game to me felt so much like Empire Strikes Back. Like, this is the, this is the game. It's like... You know, like, we, we mention the quote all the time. It's like, first game was about love. This game is about hate. Like, I think we need a third one that kind of brings it all together and and shows kind of the, like, a game about purpose, I guess. Or a game about, like, resolution, really. Um, and I, I can think tell you. Go ahead. I can tell you this. If there really is a third game, I'll be much less hyped for it. Like, I would be very lukewarm in my in my anticipation for the game. Mm-hmm. I, uh... I think, like, right now, I think I would be surprised if there wasn't, especially with how well this game is selling. Like, this is the best-selling, like, or fastest-selling, like, PlayStation exclusive of all time, I think, uh, for, like, the launch weekend, etc. And I do think as well that if you think about, like, the end of the game, like, Ellie is alive, Dina is alive, Tommy is alive, Abby and Lev are alive. Like, there's a lot of things that are kind of left to where you can potentially build it another story off of with the characters that are left we we forgot to say so ellie after you know going for her final uh quest for revenge that she doesn't end up going through with she goes back to the farm where she was at with dina previously and finds out that dina has left uh and dina left all of ellie stuff in there she looks at the guitar one last time 
and then leaves it behind, leaves all her stuff behind as she walks into the woods. And then there's a lot of people asking themselves, like, where is she going? What is she doing? Is she going after Dina? Is she going to go figure some shit out on her own? What's going to happen now? And I do feel like even looking at that ending, it's like, yes, it could be an ambiguous ending that just ends there and that's it. But I feel like there's more because I feel like when you look at when you look at both games, I think that obviously the common thread is Ellie. She's not there from the very beginning of of the last of us one but she's there like 10 percent of the way through uh or like when you hit like 10 percent of the way through you find her and then she's kind of the common thread that the whole story is about like joel would not have had a journey in the first game if it wasn't for ellie you know he would just be you know doing his thing and and this story wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for ellie either in some way so i really think ellie is the common thread here and i do think we need some kind of resolution to what her true purpose is you know what i mean I don't know. I just, uh, if there's going to be a third game, they're going to need some kind of plot contrivance that brings back Abby and Lev into the cycle because they could, they're pretty much on two different sides of the coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's number one. And number two, um, I don't know. Like I've, I've met, I've met a fan of the Terminator franchise who uh, only acknowledges that the first two Terminator movies have happened and anything else like three and four and everything else, like the reboot, they don't exist. They're not canon. And I'm kind of like debating whether or not I should follow suit and make it make it so that Damn. The Last of Us is a, a, only a one game franchise. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I thought I thought this game did some really interesting stuff. Like I maintain that, like like it's. I think it's like undeniable that it's an like excellently made game, right? Like, and, and we both we both agree with that. And then it really comes yes. down to like, how do you feel about the story? And I feel right. like the story is not what I expected. But I also just wanted, you know, I didn't want this to be, the, I, I didn't want them to play it safe. Like, I didn't want this to be, like, your cookie cutter revenge story. Like, someone dies, Ellie goes after them, kills them at the end, and, and you, that's it. So I like that they turned this into something else because I feel like it wouldn't have been special. It would have definitely not have been divisive if it wasn't for that. So I think that's part of what makes this game so interesting. And I do think it is, like, I do think it is a game that I'm going to continue to, like, think about. And the fact that there's, like so much that we've discussed in this podcast and there's so much that we haven't even hit on yeah like i think says something about it too Um, i'll put it to you this way um the best way i can explain it is you know fans care people want their characters their beloved on-screen characters to 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 live happily ever after like they want to make it out you know you don't want to like undercut a a story so i'm going to give you the best example of this um in the aliens franchise with sigourney weaver um in Aliens, like the second movie, uh, Alien 2, Aliens, um, in Aliens, uh, Sigourney Weaver goes out of her way to protect this little girl. She's a little blonde girl. Um, I, can't, I can't forget the character's name, but she goes. there was even this iconic moment where, like, uh, where um, Ripley, like Sigourney Weaver's, Weaver's character, she comes out in this mech suit and, and, like, challenges an alien and said, you know, get away from her, you bitch. You know, like that kind of, like, superhero moment, kind of like, oh, like very fan pleasing. Mm-hmm. And, and then they fight it out. And then, you know, she throws the alien out into space. Um, so, like, you know, the second movie is really undercut by the beginning of the third movie because in Alien 3, um, the little girl just dies in the first five minutes, just straight up. 
and just completely undercuts the second movie and how like they're they're like you know triumphing uh triumphing over like this all odds and just kind of like all right let's go let's go on and let's let's uh let's live the rest of our lives kind of thing and you know you know if the franchise end there you know then everything is good and with the world and everything but you just see that little girl just die immediately right off the bat and it just kind of completely undercuts what the second movie was about or mm-hmm. part of what the second movie is about and so just seeing that happen just really kind of takes the wind out of your sails you know just narratively speaking for me okay well that's 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 fine and i understand it and i i think we can agree to disagree in this one because i i see like your criticism about the game and i've i've heard a lot of criticism about the game and i understand it um and like i said at many points like during my, while i was playing it i was like i don't know how i feel about this this part is annoying or i don't like this or i don't like that but ultimately like even on abby's part of the game like there were some key moments that i really loved and 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 there were some key moments there that might have been some of my favorite parts of the game overall so i did ultimately like what they did and i i did think it served a cool purpose and i do think it created the school story i still think it's not as good like i do like kind of like tight games where it feels like everything is there because it needs to be there and the fat has been trimmed and all that stuff like i'm a sucker for that stuff so for that reason especially i like the last of us better but you know i didn't really want this to be like a fan servicey game i didn't really want this game to give me happiness necessarily like i came into this game wanting to get my heart broken and i think i did you know so i feel like i feel like i got what i wanted out of it um anyway we we're, we're kind of like ta- ta- so i'm gonna like- i, I want to just have a couple of throw a couple of thoughts out there um something that i got out is number one um I was disappointed with the fact that uh, the, during the theater sequence that I was playing as uh, as Abby, I was expecting to go back to uh, playing as Ellie, and you know Ellie was like the boss fight of that mm-hmm. sequence. Um, I'm not gonna lie, on the very first encounter, I let my I just stood up and let my let myself get shot by Ellie, <laughs> just so that way, like, there it is, the game ends here. She get, Ellie gets her revenge, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was my whole outlook on that, um, and also it was. It was really cool that Ellie was just shoot, uh, like you know setting those proximity mimes, throwing those Molotov co- Molotov. Uh, it was cool to see stuff. like that fight was like really interesting because you got to see Ellie, like you got to see who you were, kind of like you got to see all you got to see Ellie being played as I think she's supposed to be played, <laughs> you know, not necessarily like you do, but like very like stealthy and like using like all of her arsenal and things like that to her advantage, which I, I thought was pretty cool. Um, and. But uh, yeah, I couldn't help but like, I was so stressed during that fight because I was like, I don't want to kill Ellie, you know, like, I don't want to, like, I, I understand this character's motivation, but I was so afraid that the game would end with her killing Ellie right there. Um, and that was absolutely what I didn't want. Um, Ellie was such a boss, though. She weaved when I was trying to throw those bottles at her. Dude, she it was so like, hard. <laughs> so good. You can only yeah. throw the bottle at her unless she doesn't even know that you're throwing it at her. Um, I I had a I had a pretty uh, hard time with that fight actually I kept dying I it it took me a long time to uh, to be able to do it and yeah you know I, I was I was really glad that uh that you you didn't kill Ellie at that point I didn't want that to be Ellie's ending um but it it, it did sound like a thing that Naughty Dog would potentially do to you know <laughs> have their character die in the in the hands of the player that that would have been even more controversial I think <laughs> um, yeah that would have been interesting. A couple more things about, like, Abby's, like, storyline, right? So, uh, some of the other... We got introduced to some of these other characters. So, we see Nora. I don't have many thoughts about her. We see the Vita girl that, that you just brutally murder for kind of no reason with uh, with Ellie. And then and then you get to see a little bit of, of her here as well. Just, like, playing playing her Vita and talking to uh, talking to Abby. But 
And obviously, she has the whole storyline, love triangle, whatever you want to call it, with Owen and then Mel. And we already talked about Owen, I think, is an interesting... He's, he's the, the Dina for Abby, in a way, and, and he seems like a good person, ultimately, even though he makes some mistakes as well. But I want to talk about Manny for a second, just because I thought, you know, this is the character that, when, when Joel dies, he's the one that goes and spits on him at the end. Uh, which I was so, like, um, like I, I thought that was, like, that that made me really angry in the scene in the moment. But when I met Manny, I didn't even put together that that was who he was until later. Um, I don't even know why he spit on her. He had no personal vendetta against. Joel. Yeah, I I agree, and like it's it's kind of weird to like see that, but but it was it was cool like to see his personality as like Abby's friend, and and I I gotta give a shout out to the fact that he's into anime because I was like <laughs> I was like that's a cool that's a that's a cool little thing i feel like that was in there just sort of like the nerds to to empathize with this character or something they're like how do we make people like because that, that, that's what this game is truly about right like how do we make people empathize with the bad guy like how do we make people empathize with the guy who spit on joel after he was dead make him like anime i was like i'm down <laughs> i'm in i'm in um but i also like that he died like he got killed by tomi being like shot in the face just like sort of randomly in a very similar way that jesse gets killed at the end of like ellie segment in the game that so, wasn't tommy that wasn't tommy no was it tommy it was or tommy like... when they're when they're like going after the snipers like there's a sniper and then you're you're going through the level together like abby and manny and then you find him at the end that was tommy yeah really i didn't know that i thought mm -hmm. that i i couldn't I, I i looked at his face i thought it was some other guy it was just some dude because didn't he fall down and i thought he died whenever he fell down the 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 edge no he, he falls down but you don't see him dead and 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 supposedly he would have later found jesse you can look this up but i'm like 99 percent sure that that was tommy you oh, do get see. to see him for like just kind of like a couple frames before he falls down but i don't see why it would be anybody else like to me it just kind of makes sense with the story but talking about like paralleling in this game it's like there's so much paralleling in this game um that i kept noticing it's like like Dina's like D like Dina's pregnant. Uh, like Dina is so, like Ellie. Go ahead. So I pulled up. I pulled up the uh, the the image, and I, I the reason why I I'm looking. Okay, let me look up at Tommy's. Uh, Tommy, uh, I'm just pulling up uh, Google images, and I found I found the uh, the, the still of uh, their struggle right now, mm -hmm. and he looks like he has straight up jet black hair on his head. And when I'm looking at Tommy, like uh, from The Last of Us, Tommy is blonde. And that's the thing that like really like is uh, when I'm looking at Tommy's image, he's got blonde ass hair, and then here on this uh, this still from that from that uh, sniper fight, it looks like Tommy's face, but or sorta, but he's just got black hair, and I don't recognize that dude. Okay, I don't know what's up with that, but it's it's Tommy because I'm looking on YouTube right now, and the videos are even called like Tommy versus Abby's Abby sniper scene. Um, so I, I'm I'm pretty sure that was Tommy, but that aside, like I we I don't we don't need to waste more time yeah, on that. True, um, true. But there was like there were so many scenes that in this game where you could tell that they were like par like either they were paralleling between like Abby and Ellie and like their storylines, but they were also paralleling so much stuff from the original game. And I don't know if you were picking up on that stuff, but so many times like the camera angle and the shots, they were like so similar to unique shots that they did um, in the first game. And I thought that was really interesting. Like they kept trying to like when. Like, even in the beginning, when, like, Ellie's with Gina, and, like, there's, they have a lot of shots that look like Joe and Ellie, and, like, in the first game, and uh, you got a lot of moments with Abby and Lev that are kind of similar, and they're, they're kind of doing a similar thing, too. 
Like but, the uh, the museum and then with the aquarium, like they're paralleling yes, each other. Yes, yeah. there's so much stuff like that. Um, now, talking about Lev for a second, you know, we, we, we mentioned his name many times during the during the show, but we, we haven't fully talked about this part of the story yet. But, you know, the, there's the scars. Like they're, they're referred to as the scars because they, they seem to have these scars in their face as part of some kind of ritual. But they're really this this cult, this religious cult that you get to see throughout the game. Uh, you find all these notes about them when you're playing as Ellie and then you have like one or a few encounters with them. And then you have a lot of encounters with them as Abby. At one point she gets captured by the cult and they do this thing where they hang people up and then dis- disembowel them. Which is like probably the one of the most graphic and gory things in the game. Um, and she ends up being saved by these two characters, Lev and Yara, who are members of the cult that seem to be trying to escape, um, that are, you know, like the, they're, they're in trouble in the cult and they, they really want out of it and then they help her out. And then there's this whole segment of our story, which is really dealing with Lev and Yara and helping them out. And, and why did you think number one about the scars in general as like, as their faction and like finding them and their purpose in the story. And then also like Lev and Yara and their relationship with Abby. I personally thought this was like the scariest, like one of the scariest parts of the game, just like dealing with the, with these characters. Um, Why is that? Because they whistle or because the whistles are, were interesting, but just like, I don't know, just the encounters, like they, they were also like, they were very strong. Like they had these, like, um, what are they called? Like these buffy, the hammer. Like, yeah, hammer wielding brutes. Yeah, yes, the, exactly. Sludge hammers. Let, 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 yeah, they're really you hard to You fight. couldn't, you couldn't choke them out. You have to like sh- uh, shiv, yeah, uh, kill them with a shiv. So I really felt like they added to the tension. I felt like they were like one of the hardest kind of like, like the the to me the hardest encounters that I would have in the game were with the stalkers, like or when there was like a combination of zombies that had stalkers with them, and um and these like sequences where you're fighting all these uh all these seraphites as well it's really cool that they live in an island um my my favorite sequence of, like pro- probably my favorite sequence of the game is when you're escaping the burning island um uh, because i don't know about you but i was actually able to do that whole thing without dying once and i was avoiding conflict as much as i could i was just trying to run from it like get past it and and like get done with it but like as i was doing that there's so much going on like like things are falling apart. You see people fighting each other. Like the scars are fighting the seraphites. And I was just like blazing past everything. And then you have this ultimate fight with one of the brutes. And, and then you end up like falling on the ocean. And I, th- that he, whole that like. Brute, that brute kept, take, kept on taking unrealistic amount of hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like he kept on like killing him. Like we had a lot of death blows on him. And he just kept on fighting. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. It made me think of the fight against like the mountain at the end of uh, Game of Thrones. I don't know if yeah. you watched that. But. Yeah, it was, but it was like this crazy, like, like I, I, I actually, like I said, like I didn't die. So like I, I did the whole thing within like a few minutes, but like, it was like these crazy couple minutes that felt, it felt like playing in like an action movie in some way. Right. Like it, it, it really made me think of like, you know, when you play Uncharted and then you have one of those like good runs where you just land everything and then you don't die and you just, it's almost like you're watching a movie. And that's what happened with me in that moment. I know that's not the experience that everybody had. Maybe people had that with other moments in the game, but that's the experience I had in that moment. So it felt really special. And it was one of my favorite moments in the game. Um, I'll, I'll let you take it away though. to talk about whatever you want to talk about in regards to the Seraphites and Lev and Yara, etc. Um, I, I don't know if I do. Okay. I have yet to, I haven't really like sat on this, but uh, there's a part of me that like is questioning like Abby's transformation, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, why all of a sudden she's like, like, okay, I like, we we're bad. Like we need to, these uh the wolves suck you know like she just like doesn't about face and just starts killing her own comrades kind of stuff and it just kind of feels very sudden and i don't know if i'm i'm questioning whether or not it was earned 
Uh, I have to. I'm still gonna have. To, I'm gonna have to litigate that in my mind for like the time. But I have no answer on that for my my, for my the time take being. to that is that Abby's um, loyalty was not to the wolves. That that was more of a means to an end for her to get to Joel and to kill Joel. So I think that they she, she her loyalty was to her friends. Her loyalty was you know to Owen and potentially to to Mel and Nora and these other characters, Manny and. She didn't really necessarily care about the wolves as a faction. I don't think she cared about Isaac. Um, I think that she she was she was there and that was what she was doing. But you know, she was a firefly eventually, and there is this theme throughout the games that I guess the fireflies are supposedly like the good guys in some way, or that they're trying to find the cure and trying. They're the they're the light. They're the hope, or that's the message that they that they go for. So I feel like it was that was kind of like. After she was done killing Joel, like she was so focused on that goal, like after she achieved that, I can I can kind of buy that she's like, okay, what's her purpose now? Like she she doesn't necessarily, especially as like her friends are dying and stuff. Like these are the people that she ended up clinging to, right? I I, I guess I kind of saw it that way. They also saved her life, so she would have been dead otherwise. Yes. Um. I don't really have much more to say on this game other than uh. You know, fuck the Rat King fight. That was the worst. <laughs> there we go. Let's go to that. So you get this terrible, like, crazy boss fight with Abby in the hospital. And there's, like, the suspense building up to it. I thought it was so interesting. Like, you're going through these rooms. You can see that there's something going wrong. You you got to turn on the electricity back or whatever. And you knew, like, every, I feel like everybody knew that, like, shit was going to go down the moment you turned on that generator. And et cetera. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected this crazy boss fight uninfected like nothing we had seen before which i think is another one of those interesting unanswered questions of the game which is like what was that and it's, it's called <laughs> the red king and it's like super hard to to beat and i i wasted all my shit and like i was constantly just like i was like use all my shit and the moment he started like running towards me i like run around until like i kind of lost him a little bit and then like use all my shit again and then do it again in like a cycle um, yeah i kept dying and even on very easy okay the difference between like moderate and easy is that uh in moderate like as soon as he gets near you he like one shots kills you and just that city just snaps your neck kind of thing mm-hmm. um and very easy he does that as well but not quickly like he'll give you one shot where he'll run up to you and then he'll spray like the the gas and then mm-hmm. you and then he'll on the second time he'll kill like he'll just snatch you up and break your neck you know so mm-hmm. that was the only difference i so I, I kept dying to that even on very easy um i didn't really I, I i had a problem with like learning how to you know how to fight him because i was just trying to use my entire flamethrower and all of my like grenades like all at once and then and not conserving anything and then i'm out of resources and then i had to scrounge around for resources and craft resources while fighting him and it was it was a pain in the ass um especially whenever um he like the little bit of him breaks away and uh then you got that other enemy that doesn't want to die and it was just i don't know like i just um it i don't like being frustrated i'll put it to you that way so i wasn't up for Mm -hmm. the challenge so fuck that fight (laughs) (laughs) why did you think about the the segment where you're like using the sky bridges or whatever to uh to go through the city because that that was also one of my one of my favorite parts of this the segment of the story i thought that was cool especially how they played with the abby's like fear of heights um and then you end up falling off and then you have to go through this hotel situation which is i was so pissed because i didn't get to find the uh the safe in the hotel like I found oh the yeah note and i found the note and i found the wi-fi password but i couldn't find the safe and i thought the safe was going to be in the stairs and then you can't go back once mm. you i oh, oh my god that's one of the things that really pisses me off about this game is that you can't just go back uh, yeah. the game auto saves 
And when you try to reload, it reloads your your current like encounter mm-hmm. that you're in. And I'm like, can I just go back one encounter, please? Like I I ended up playing a whole like uh, chapter from the beginning because I started my my game save uh, back because I, I missed the safe. Because uh, think I was thinking I was like, oh maybe the safe is behind this door, but then it was one of those doors that it closes behind you. Mm. You can't open it back yeah. up. And I'm like, damn it, I got to play this whole fucking chapter all over again. <laughs> And I, I ended up doing that. I did that once too, but I I didn't go back to it. Um, and yeah, I uh, in that situation, it's funny you said that because I found the note, I found the safe, but I did not find the Wi-Fi password. And I also did one of those things where I couldn't go back, so so I kind of lost that one too. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so so I thought I thought the game like overall like it had a lot of these like really cool epic moments. Um, my personal ultimate criticism of it now that I'm done is that it did feel very long. And it's like, to me, it's like, it's hard to think of like, well, could they have done everything they did and everything they wanted to do and made you feel for the characters like they wanted you to feel like, which I know didn't work for you, but it kind of worked for me if they, if they had tightened it, tightened the experience, like would it, would it have worked? And I don't know the answer to that, but I would like to believe that it would like over 30 hours, like 32, 33 for me, and then 35 for you, that it just feels like so much for a Naughty Dog game, especially for a game that's like this intense and that wears on you in this way, where it's like at many points you don't really enjoy yourself. Um, so it did feel like too much. Um, like, you know, I think you said before, like too, the too much of a good thing, right? Like is, isn't good anymore. And I, I got a little bit of that in multiple parts of this game. And I, I wonder what they could have cut. I'm not sure. And I also wonder if the rearranging of the game, uh, I've seen some people say that maybe if you alternated the days between Ellie and Abby rather than playing. Yeah. Day one, day one, day two, day two. I think I was actually going to suggest that as well. I think the game might have been better if you'd have just done you know, where you parallel the days together, mm-hmm. um, that probably would have been better. And it wouldn't have made Abby's section, Abby's section kind of sucked because it's dangling this, this plot thread of them meeting at the theater for yeah. those 10 plus hours or however long you, you play as her. And it just kind of like you, the player just wants to go back to that. And, I know. and the player isn't really going to be interested in, in trying to sympathize with, with Abby anyways, um, as a default. So I, I they this this would have been better if they'd have just kind of like you know chopped it up a little bit and then it would have made Abby like not as be so standoffish either because cuz for me Abby's part were like the day 1 day 2 day 3 it was a it was a um, it was a lull for me like I didn't want to do that mm-hmm. I didn't you know I I'd rather it just be a, a cutscene a ten now, minute cutscene. I, I understand that. And it's like I think that's one of the problems with the with the pacing of the game. It's like I don't know, like I, I like this I, I like the idea of like like paralleling the days. I don't know if that would have necessarily solved it or if it maybe would have made certain things worse. But it did I I a hundred percent one of the places where we a hundred percent agree on is that playing that extensive amount of time with the character that is not the character you bought the game for, that is not the character you love that you want to play as and and just having that carrot at the end of the stake, like just it does make you just want to rush through it because you it's really hard not to just want to get it done with because you you really do want to get back to that confrontation. You want to get back to playing as Ellie and all that stuff. So I I agree with you that that felt like too much, and I think they could have contained that part. Like I think they could have made certain things shorter, and um, I do think they they could have maybe ordered things a little bit different. Like maybe it doesn't even need to be like one one two two three three, but maybe it's like one one two and then you get like two and three with abby and then back to ellie for three or i i did feel like you know there's so many hours in the game and yet like when you finish it i couldn't help but feel like i wish i'd played more as ellie 
because I, I almost feel like I didn't get what I, like, there's something I wanted from Ellie in this game and from playing as her that I almost feel like I didn't really get because when I, when I was in the, in the, um, climax of, of really knowing how to do things with her and like upgrading my weapons and doing all this stuff, like, I just felt like yanked out of it for 10 hours, you know? And when you start finding like the, you know, the upgrade trees and et cetera with Abby, it's like, oh no, like, am I have, do I have to do all this again? Um, and it's also, it's interesting that she plays a little bit different. Like she does things a little different. She has different items that she can use and et cetera. I like the, I love the pipe bomb and I just got throwing that at the Seraphites and blowing them up and they go like, Jesus, like whenever you do it or they just yell something, I don't know if it's Jesus, but, um, yeah, the flamethrower was cool. Um, yeah. what else? Um, um, can't, I can't think, what was that? Uh, like they, I think both, both Ellie and Abby had like unique weapons and they also had unique, um, uh, uh, upgrade trees and stuff that wasn't like, um, you know, given for the other, like, like regarding like, um, crafting shivs and stuff like that. I'm glad that they made them unique and I'm glad that they made them, um, you know, yeah, separate. Like, uh, I'm, I actually just want to go and say one thing that just came to mind. I was like, I actually do think that the uh the theater sequence with them fighting each other was actually very realistic because ellie doesn't she's not a she doesn't have combat training mm-hmm. and uh the way that the way that um she fights whenever they were going into the parts where uh you actually you know get those quick time events and you can just see just how much more of a ta- tactical fighter that abby is over ellie mm-hmm. and and it kind of seems like in a in a fair fight like you know you know, one v one, like just 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 fisticuffs that Abby would win. Um, you know, barring the last game, not in not uh, notwithstanding, because both of them were tired as fuck, and it just kind of seems like Ellie Ellie was less tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, and also Ellie had a knife. Uh, yeah. But I don't. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. I I am. I have to marinate more on this game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm still processing things. I'm still kind of in like in shock, kind of thing, so to speak, and. I um I I don't know where how how if this is gonna be a, a situation where this game was gonna be litigated like to Kingdom Come like the Last Jedi or something like that you know I mean we could mm-hmm. be having a Last Jedi situation here where the fan base is divided and I'm kind of in there as well like I lean more negative but I also like if this was like a sliding scale where it's like, you know, like 50% is, is neutral and like 60% is positive. I'm like 40%. Like I am mm-hmm. close to neutral, but I'm also closer to negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I can see that. And, uh, I think it's cool that like the, the divide is even represented in this podcast <laughs> in some way, because, you know, we were both equally excited for this game. And I think we can both, sort of semi-objectively see, you know, the things that the game achieved, the things that the game was trying to do, and and either it worked or it didn't. And and to me, it kind of worked, like, in the scale, I I agree that, like, I would probably be, like, maybe, like, 60, 70, or even more percent-wise, and then you're on the 40 in that sense. That doesn't mean that I think the game is a 6 or 7 out of 10, by the way. It's a different story. It's just in the positive or negative as far as the story specifically goes. Um, And then you're more on the, on the other side. So I think... Uh, we're going to continue to see a conversation around this game. Um, and I I think that there will be a part three and then we'll talk about that when it comes down to it. But uh, it's time to wrap this up. <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about it for over two hours. I think we've hit on all the points that we wanted to hit. Or yeah. I, I could talk for another hour about this game, but it's, 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 <laughs> we, we, we did the main things. Um, shout out to the weed scene. <laughs> Ellie and Dina oh, smoking yeah. weed. I thought that was kind of cool. Sh- shout out to the making out scenes, by the way. Like, 
you, when video games <laughs> yeah. happen, like I, I don't want to just say like I'm not saying it to be gratuitous. I'm just more of saying it as a as an a, as a technical achievement. Like when characters, when video game models kiss each other in any game up until now has always sucked ass. It's always been awkward and uncanny mm-hmm. valley and just kind of like you know like like dolls kind of like you know making out kind of stuff yeah like you know and also like like clipping and shit like that no i actually saw facial muscles like contort like realistically and it looked really good yeah so i i want to just give a shout out to that and also uh abby's side nip because i'm gratuitous (laughs) (laughs) sure thing sure thing uh i want to give a few plugs before we end uh i want to plug something that i found that's called the official the last of us podcast uh this is a podcast where they're like they're going through they were going through the first last of us game and each episode of the podcast is like going through a part of the game and they're talking with neil Druckmann and and uh is it ashley johnson um who voices ellie and troy baker who voices jewel and like getting their it's almost like kind of like developer commentary as the game goes through and they use they factor in like audio from the game into the podcast so you're basically listening to the game as you're listening to this commentary and conversations about it um and it's really cool and and last episode i listened they were like kind of wrapping up last of us part one and then they were going to start getting on into part two as well so uh if you want you know cool last of us content that might be something to check out and then i'm also playing this other thing i'm going to throw a, a link for this in the show notes um but it's a push square article called all the tiny details that you missed in the last of us and it's just another one of those things that makes you appreciate all the work that naughty dog puts into the some of the smallest things uh shout out to the gore physics for instance like every time that you like shot somebody or you know hit them or blew them up with a bomb or something the way that they're the character models like bodies like reacted to to what you were doing was perfect it's like no matter where you shot them you would see like a realistic like gory reaction exactly where you shot like if you threw a bomb you could see like their body parts fly away and apparently the body parts will even stick to certain surfaces and then fall off like after a certain amount of time so there's all sorts of crazy cool stuff uh and that they did in this game and and um i'm gonna put this this article in the show notes for people to uh take a look at that but that aside uh that's it for me you know that's uh that those are our opinions on the last of us part two i hope y'all enjoyed this special episode once again let us know if you would like to see more of these spoiler casts and we might do more of them in the future it is time to end thank you so much for joining us for another episode of ready press play a special one remember you can reach the podcast at readypressplay at gmail.com or simply at readypressplay on twitter i'm on twitter at the then lima and lewis at chocolaka 88 that's right don't forget to subscribe give us a review tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff see you next time peace